Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CDH. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. Yo. Reed, aka Sick Robot. Hello, hello, hello. And Morgan, aka Spleenface. What's up, everybody? Um, and in this episode, uh, we're going to be doing the ban list episode part three, because uh, yeah, one and two parts were not enough apparently. <laughs> uh, multiple. Part I guess we did. Part last one was two hours. Was how long was the first one? It was like, like an hour and a half. And a half no, they, they were both Around well two, over yeah. two hours. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, strap in. Who knows how long this is going to go? The band we, list, the battle of five armies. <laughs> yeah. The, this. <laughs> we initially had planned okay, but, to do all of these as a single episode. In the like we. <laughs> That was so... I can't believe we thought that. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's the reverse of The Hobbit, where The Hobbit was actually supposed to be one movie, and then this was actually supposed to be, like, six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the Bandless episode part three, and in this we're going to be talking about um, alt formats, so alternative ban lists, alternative rule sets, as well as the uh, philosophy behind the ban list and how we view the way banning should be done and i guess to kind of gets into the philosophy of the format and whatnot but uh yeah uh before we get into that have you guys been up to uh do anything interesting since the last episode uh i uh i finally <laughs> proxied out my meme chainer nightmare adept build i've been jamming some some games on that just to get a change of pace and not play blue black console bullshit <laughs> True nice. fact. So, how have you? Yeah, I just thought what's of, your like? What's your drawn demand been for recruiter files? Or have you just been going for the two card combo? Um, I typically don't go for. I mean, I haven't played that many games. Uh, I once just recruited on turn two, and then drew one. I had a draw <laughs> oh, spell in hand and just drew dockside, and then cast the docks the draw spell. Uh, um, sure. but. Yeah, like, there's, I mean, it's, the deck, like, uses Snoop, but it's definitely not, like, a dedicated Snoop deck. You often, I think probably the most common thing is is the Razaketh, because you've got the hasty Necromancers and then the discard for Razaketh in the command zone. Sure. Um, you think it's, like, the best Rakdos CDH deck? Do you think it's better than Grenzo or Anji or whatever? Um, I think it's difficult to say because... This like it's not as fast as Grenzo. Um, like you're not on. I'm not on Nas. Um, you don't really have the like the efficient yeah. one card win con, right? Yeah, and you don't you don't have like the equivalent of Doomsday. So it's really a question of like, is the fact that you can cast just creature spells to set up your threats and. The fact that you have these sort of more like you can recur some of these threatening cards with Chainer, um, like how likely are you to be able to take advantage of that? If you're just in a meta where everyone's trying to jam as fast as possible, then yeah, you're gonna wish you were on Grenzo because like sometimes you'll be the first person to jam and you'll just get there, or like the second person, you know, like you can jam when everyone else is trying to jam and maybe that just works out in your favor, but if like you're playing where people are a little more cautious like you actually do have some quote unquote mid-range 
threats or like things you can be doing that are good but aren't like your opponents immediately go we have to counter this or we lose the game and your deck mm-hmm. isn't like full of just garbage cards that net you one mana <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair instead you like cheese out inferno titans or whatever and then what's there's okay there's one let me find it there's this one card that always gets me that produces red mana what's what's the one that counts the amount of cards right of flame amount of, yeah right of flame i'm like every time i see you right of flame i'm just i'm alt f4ing <laughs> just turning it off it's like nope hard pass yeah i'm, I'm not a fan of that one either um okay so, so all wait, wait, the, only, guess, the only thing Matt i have to made. say on chainer because this is <laughs> i'm starting my block talking about chainer as well even though i have no <laughs> like no interest in actually playing sure, the deck sure. <laughs> um all i all i have to say is that i just wish that chainer had green <laughs> and so you could play hermit play so like hermit oh, of course yeah. Yeah, if you'd asked before you said that comment what you were going to say, I think I could have. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like it, it, if, probably if it can't it. Hulk, then it needs to Hulk. Oh my god, hasty hermitry. <laughs> and, and you're in all the right colors for it, too. Mm. Dude, the best hermitry commander is M apostrophe Odo. That's, oh, hi. Uh, Thanks for checking in. Reed's <laughs> still a piece of garbage. <laughs> I feel like Herdred is so much less garbage than what people are playing these days, though. On a scale of, like, people being garbage. <laughs> Not, That's like, fair, playing yeah. garbage cards. <laughs> I feel like any deck where you just say Dockside makes seven mana, I'm just like, guys, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dockside makes seven mana, I'm like... I, I still... It doesn't have to, though. I still feel like Herdred is underexplored right now but you know underexplored or underplayed uh both because i feel really yep okay i feel like that that card has been pretty extensively explored yeah but nobody i guess there's been some new stuff printed nobody that, that, nobody's yeah. stuck with it for that long and it was always shoehorned into hulk decks to try to get it to work with hulk and now there's space for it to sort of stand on its own because oracle's a really good card and there's just like a lot of space to do stuff with it I don't know. Mm. I've been having fun with the with the list. I guess I'm just like not convinced that all the crap you have to put in to make it a hermit druid deck is like justifiable considering the various vulnerabilities of the hermit druid. Sure, combo. but like you, you can cut down on the amount of stuff you have to put in for the list, right? Like now that you're playing Oracle anyway, you can just play like exactly Dread Return and Archimeva and still be fine. Or you could build it as like a breach list or something. Like a, <laughs> I mean, you also you need like journey. Yeah, like, like you technically need memory. Like it's like three or four cards. It's not that many. I've I certainly played worst hog piles. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, maybe like a super bare bones. I just, I guess, like then you need the dork, right? Or like you need a creature in play. So yeah, that, sure. Like means that your really early hermit druids are a lot harder. Um, hey, why don't you just put a two CMC legendary creature in your command zone and then partner it exactly. with another <laughs> exactly. low cost? Uh, game. That, I mean, sure, if you're, if you're jamming the Hermit Druid and then on the next turn tapping out to or like tapping two mana to cast Thrasios and one mana to activate the Hermit Druid, 
then what are the odds yeah. you can protect your dread return, right? Yeah. Um, Matt, you've been. What, what do you want to do? You want to also uh, talk about Chainer in this uh, in your time block? I mean, I have brewed with Chainer, but uh, I've pretty much only gotten two wins on Fall Guys so far, so <laughs> not Rough. quite magic, but. <laughs> Dude, what is Fall Guy? I, I get I get fucked by hexagons <laughs> every time. Dude, I'm out of the loop. What is going on? That's a game I actually I haven't played hexagons. Oh really? Do you want me to oh, fill you God. in on Fall Guys? I, yeah, I yeah, can't let's go. Play, I can't play hexagons. It's uh it's it's the next Fortnite. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Full stop. Um okay, uh, I guess for me, uh, I've been jamming some historic messing around with Amonkhet Remastered. They printed Thoughtseize and Wrath of God and all this crap into the historic format and it's been uh, interesting. I'm not saying I was an expert on Amonkhet, but I definitely did play in that standard. I don't remember Thoughtseize and Wrath of God <laughs> in Amonkhet. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was playing zombies, so I definitely would have remembered thoughts. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely would have been playing a forward back card. <laughs> Considering I was playing literally transgress the mind to take people's Aetherworks marvels, I would have Dude, remembered I, thoughts. <laughs> I'm playing a bunch of like meme archetypes. Um, Morgan, did you join our the stream on the Get Rock server to see my teamer deck? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, there is so I've been playing uh this like version i call it living end because you'll see it's a uh it's you, you play uh unburial rites because they printed that with one of the historic anthologies okay um, i yeah i remember you casting unburial rites and targeting the sphinx i yeah yeah i wouldn't sphinx of call the, it a teamer deck if you're casting no 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 no, 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 no. two different decks two different decks <laughs> i've got two different decks um so the unburial rites uh sphinx god does it who remembers what the sphinx is called Morgan, you're you're the okay. database. Oh God, uh, scholar <laughs> of the ages. Question no, mark? that's the one that. No, returns. no, that's the no. Uh, it, I yeah. feel like it's scholar of something, but anyways. Okay. Yeah. So it, you return the Sphinx from Jumpstart that lets you cast a uh, instant or sorcery or artifact spell from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. Um, so you unburial rights that, and then that targets. Um, Rise of the Star Dark Realms, of the Lost Trove. and then you just get back a whole bunch of stuff. And usually, my the threat that I do in that deck, it's like a Mardu deck. I uh, bring back some uh, Terror of the Peaks, and I've also got like some Ox of Agonis and stuff lying around. And just like just really focused on self mill. So you kind of just do that and just blast their face with all the damage. Mmm, that's it. Uh, Speaking of... Yeah, so that one's fun. And then I've got a teamer deck that's basically all, like... It's really reminiscent of Teamer Wreck in that it runs a lot of the same, like, BS ramp cards. It's uh, Growth Spiral, Explore, uh, Uro. But it's it's uh, also running some other spice where, you know, I've got some Shocks, Ops, uh, Escape the Wilds, and it all builds towards uh, a Thousand Year Storm. Can I just say, I love how you said, <laughs> the first thing you said after you said it has some spice is it's got shocks and opts. <laughs> well, I know, I know. You're like, why? Is, but I, I, the trying. idea was to build suspense is why is that spicy? <laughs> but no, you're, you're yeah, you're, you're just trying to, uh, to 
thousand year storm people and then your like explorers turn into rituals that it's just yeah it's it's hot you know if you told me when i was starting out playing magic like eight years ago that one day decks based around green ramp cards would be the top of the standard meta and that i would hate it i actually have no idea what i would have said <laughs> yeah that's actually like a really funny reflection point <laughs> like <laughs> like i i don't know how i would have processed like both of those ideas simultaneously i just couldn't have done it yeah you would, you would have quit magic for sure <laughs> It's fine if it's gradual, but if it hits you all at once, yeah, I don't know. Dude, I, I'm, I'll, I'll just say I've been the the best card in that deck, you know, to come up with Thousand Year Storm is definitely Pirate's Pillage. Just, I just wish they would they would uh, they'd bring Manamorphose into the format. You know, that's that's exactly what Historic needs. <laughs> the issue is Manamorphose <laughs> is not a card that you should probably <laughs> I think ever. I forgot why you're playing format. Historic. <laughs> Has any format ever gained from having Manamorphose in it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So moving on. Uh, this was a long pre-show chat, I guess. Uh, but yeah. So uh, we've got housekeeping. Uh, and housekeeping, we're only show new patrons. Uh, and we should have a new patron. Uh, <laughs> but we don't. <laughs> okay. So I think our last the the three three of our, our last new patrons have all been me winning bets against people on the frog server about playing arena. And I did it again, and I want to bet against uh, Jordan from the Gitrog server uh, that I couldn't hit Mythic playing only Elves in Historic. Uh, and when he made that bet, to be fair, he, we thought that Elves was a shit deck. Turns out it's really good. Uh, so yeah, that was I did that. Not too difficult, but uh, he's still yet to uh, own up to his portion of the bargain. So uh, Jordan, this is a call out. Make your your one dollar Patreon pledge. Join us. Join the the patrons of the podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, and new developments. Nothing really new since the last episode. So that just means we can move right into the main topic. Um, Need all the time we can get for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's 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 yeah get 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 moving on in case it goes to. Uh, Another super long episode. Yeah, so just a reminder, this is the... We're going to be talking about alternate formats and uh, ban list and format philosophy. So we're going to kick things off by talking about alternate ban lists. Um, and we've got we've got quite a few here. And I think what, what we'll do is we'll just list off the alternate formats we're probably going to touch on. And then we'll have each person who maybe is has most experience kind of, you know, start talking about it. So we've got... Uh, for what we're going to be talking about, we've got no ban list, um, conquest, 2v2, uh, point systems. So that's like uh, Canadian Highlander, um, banned as commander, like the old version of what the RC used to do. Um, but yeah, so let's let's kick things off with no ban list. So I've done um, some no ban lists play. What about you guys? Yeah, I've actually tested it a bit. It. Just recently, I've been. Uh... I've been playing on the the no ban list server recently, as in since after we started our ban list yes. saga. Yeah, okay. yeah. 
Um, yes, yeah, so how's that? Because you're, I guess, the most recent. I last time I touched no ban list was over a year ago. So yeah, uh, definitely. Why, why don't you give um, me fill, fill me in. I think that like it's a lot of what you'd expect. There's a lot of time vaults and keys. There's still a lot of consult. Um, people sort of recently have been doing some stuff with Grizzlebrand. Um, there's a, a deck that like layers. Um, some like it it has like flash and then uh rector for bargain and like ways to cheeto grizzlebrand um that's been like doing pretty well i think fundamentally it's a format where it doesn't like it's extremely unrewarding to play decks that try and answer stuff which i think is like kind of a problem and i think that there's an element of that in cdh as it currently is where like you play you know like sometimes you sort of with the interaction you're like trying to get people right like you're you tap out and then like oh you had the fierce guardianship of the force of will and then like someone who like you didn't think would have interaction had like the pyroblast to back you up and so like we got the person who tried to win as opposed to like you can't sort of pass the turn holding double blue and like expect that to like expect the person after you to go, Oh, well I'm not going to go for it. And then the person after them to like still see your double blue. So it, it just leads to this, like you play like just enough interaction that sometimes you can sort of get people unexpectedly and like it, you use it to back up your own wins, but like there's, no hope of playing like a control deck are people not playing the because you you mentioned things um that aren't like sushi hulk like you mentioned uh consult bargain like all these things i noticed you didn't mention flash hulk i mean you mentioned flash rector but you know when i was messing around uh with no ban list you know they're, they're i kind definitely... of came to the conclusion that that the leovold um the leovold sushi hulk kind of hybrid that also runs all obviously all the busted shit um like adnaz bargain or like that that was kind of like just amalgamated into one deck so i think that um, um like you were playing before both dockside and breach existed um mm, which that's true like i think that you know adding red to sultai means you get to play dockside blasts breach blasts mox ruby like and that's enough to sort of justify people. People are going into more colors pretty often. Um, so, Is like, Leovold not acting as a kind of meta stopper for Gristlebrand and and Bargain. Um, not really, because I think there's just too much other like there's too much other stuff that it doesn't stop. Like, it doesn't do anything against Consult, um, and like it doesn't really stop people from just doing random cheesy stuff with with breaches that isn't like with wheels but where you're just like black lotus demonic tutor breach load like console whatever mm. you know it's too easy to sort of get out from under um and so like you just you don't have sort of the the controls where like you just jam a, a a hate piece that sort of shuts everyone out or like stops you know 
you, you play Leopold and they play ad nauseum and you're like, well, this didn't help at all. Um, well, when I when when I was messing around, the Leopold wasn't like specifically meant as a stacks piece to hate other things. It was like if it stops the other players and that's great, but it was also just like a obviously a combo piece when you can just run wheels and mind twist everyone. And then also you get to run the at the time, the best win con in the format in Flash plus uh like like the Flash Hulk that goes into uh Spellseeker and uh Oracle. And then, obviously, with the whole consult uh, layering, so like that—that—that that, that was what the Leovold deck was doing when I was playing, and I—I I, I still can't imagine that's a terrible thing to be doing in that format. But I guess no, it's probably breach, not a ter- breach and Darkside are doing. pretty insane. But yeah, like I—I I don't think I, I haven't played a ton, so like it's possible my opinions will will change. Um, but I think that like the problems I see with current the current cdh meta of like very aggressive low to the ground ad nauseum jam my win type decks um is are people playing derevi vault uh i someone was um but you just i mean you don't get the good red cards and like now there are actually good red cards that you're losing out on and you don't get the black cards um yeah, at this point, it seems like pretty silly to not be on console in some fashion yeah. um, with Oracle. So, like, yeah, I think that, I think that, like, I guess especially if people aren't doing like Derevi, Derevi Vault, I imagine is pretty good in the whole tap out or like where, 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 where people aren't doing like the tap out and just going for it, you know, full blitz where you can actually maybe hold up mana and then use your commander's ability to, to flash it in and then go on your turn with the time vault and counter backup. I guess that, that's where that I mean, deck would probably be better suited to but yeah so like the we i'm just weird to say it but like the mid-range no ban list metagame i guess <laughs> yeah yeah if where you're winning on turn four way, i just i, I just like don't i don't think that's i think that particularly like keep in mind right every deck is running like three plus moxin so like you thought dockside was good in <laughs> but in CH CH. as it currently stands like holy moly yeah um so it's like i think that the problem, like, if you've seen, like, a lot of online play I've seen recently um, has been, like, in regular CDH, has been ad nauseum-focused, often dockside-abusing decks that are very aggressive and sort of run a very slim interaction package um, and aren't intended for the long game. Like, that problem is dialed up to 11. Um, okay, so... Now, now that we've we've talked about the um, like it's still fun because kind of, given like, a wild sketch stuff of happens, the format, but... what what I, what I kind of want to you know ask you and and get people's take on is did d- does no ban list still feel like CDH like does it still have the like does does it still feel like you're playing a similar format for um from what or does it feel like kind of something something else from my experience it sort of felt like extended goldfishing like closer to that than cdh like it didn't just feel like goldfishing obviously um but like it's it feels like it's more just about like just doing your thing in some in like the rest of the table's face and just trying to do your thing first it it definitely it feels pretty similarly to playing cdh against like blue farm and like that like style of sans blue decks as well yeah 
like sans blue like aggressive not like stacks but like aggressive yeah, yeah. sans blue decks or like hermit druid like playing against a pot of that that kind of deck feels a lot like playing in a no ban list pod like mm. it's a little bit different because like you don't Everyone have to sacrifice on. you don't have to sacrifice quite so much to have like these super fast combos um but like it, it definitely doesn't feel anything like playing against like the you know Thrasios Timnum mid range decks or like something like Curious Control or Kess Consultation or like decks like that. Like those yeah. feel very different, and I think that that's an element that's like not, um, not present to the same degree. That, that resonates with me um, and my experience playing the format. I found that a lot of things were just kind of. Um, it almost felt like playing the the slots, right? Like, or you, you you're rolling your dice, see who goes first, and if you draw your, um, you know, just nutty cards, you just get to uh, to go off and and you know before everyone else, and everyone's just going pretty greedy with all these um, cards and not not too much counterplay. Uh, and I think you know. I think it also does, like it, the decks aren't actually as graceful like when they don't get there. Like I don't know. I haven't played a lot of vintage, but like whenever I watch vintage content, it seems like either the game ends like super early, or like, you know, both players are like they they trade out like all the cards in their hand, countering like whatever bullshit their opponents. You know, it's like the recall, yeah, yeah, it's like, like recall, you, you, you misstep, four force cards of will, on a force of will back, yeah, yeah. and then like it doesn't resolve, and they're both sitting there with like three mana and like one card in hand, just trying to like top deck into into action and like it's felt a little bit like that in a couple of the games where it was like okay there was like this big flurry of everyone trying to do stuff nothing happened so now we're like we're doing nothing because like these decks aren't running like the you know like the, we're not running like Faber or Elder and we're not running smothering tithe and we're not like that sort of like all right let's get into the grind game sort of thing it's like we're just running you know like you know we still have mana and some people are activating thrasios or whatever but it's not like it doesn't feel like any of the decks are built to grind because it's just not worth it because they just can't it's just too fast so yeah I guess to put a final point on no ban list is, do you think it would be, and I guess we'll do this for all of the, uh, the formats, um, that we talk about. Do you think it would be a net positive if CDH was moved closer in, in that direction, uh, towards no ban list or, uh, further away in terms of the gameplay experience that you want to get out of the format? Um, is there a secret option three where it stays kind of relatively in between? Sure, sure. Option three, no, no movement at all. Okay. Um, I'll say I would rather it move away from that format. It felt pretty, uh, you know, helmet, and and I, I like the play and counterplay aspect of CDH a lot. And I think the more of that we have, uh, the better. Yeah, I mean, like Morgan. Yeah, or, or Reed, oh, sure. Uh, sorry. sorry. Um, yeah, I mean. My thought has always been that I, for pure format health, um, not really necessarily taking into account um, like what archetypes I personally find fun to play or other people find fun to play or whatever, or how viable those things are, but 
like just on the idea of pure format health and diversity of strategy deck diversity all that good stuff i think i prefer moving toward a heavier handed ban list um but obviously like fixing and taking some stuff off that doesn't need to be on there in the first place uh i guess matt you revealed your answer which is hidden option no, number I, three no i actually i actually didn't but i in order oh, to okay. maintain in order to maintain my bluff uh I figured I'd get that out of the way, you know. I, so, I think I would. I want to move away from the ban list, the no ban list type format, but from the point of view where I think, like, as it is right now, there is still kind of slightly an element of you feel like you have to play as fast as possible because the interaction isn't good enough. So rather than, the, like, if you can solve that issue without banning cards, then... Uh, I'm all for it, but as far as that dimension, I'd like to move away from that. And Morgan? Um, I think it sort of depends on what you think, or, like, what the CDH meta is right now. I think that some of the metas that I've experienced in the past have been, like, super grindy, super long game. We're expecting this to take two hours. Everyone's running these decks stuffed to the gills with value engines, and everyone's sandbagging as much as possible um so like i don't want to make th i don't like i think that that was probably a little bit too far like in the worst of the flash hulk meta but like i think now we've sort of swung if we're talking about the meta that i've been experiencing online right now that's dominated generally by aggressive dockside big mana ad nauseum centric stuff then yes, I'd like to see that move away from the no ban lists experience, but I wouldn't want it to move even as far as the extreme of what I've seen in the CDH meta six months ago. Okay, and and you know one thing I just want to because Matt made a point that made me think of something in terms of um, what dictates the format in terms of interaction. We really do have very strong interaction and efficient interaction that that's. Um, like defense or i guess offensive it, it protects your combos and it's not very good at disrupting other people um veil of summer um you know on and misdirection force of will if you want to use those fierce guardianship are, are things that are fine silence yeah like they're very efficient for protecting yourself um whereas you know the i, I think I, I i would like to see you know more um force of negation style cards uh that are explicitly for you know disrupting um and are, and are very good at disrupting yeah. your opponents without um you know being insane for protecting your combos <laughs> without there being a, an extremely efficient instant speed combo <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah not so good force uh, of negation man. kind of rough when uh flash hawk is around <laughs> but uh we're, we're through that okay so next up on our list we have conquest a format that i have not played um I mean, yeah, and then me I think, yeah, Matt, uh, you as well. So I guess uh, we'll, I'll give the floor to uh, Morgan and Reed. Well, okay, so just I guess we should introduce it first to anybody who might not know. Um, so uh, Conquest is sort of a uh, EDH derivative format um, that uh, so. Shaper put together the like hard ban list um, initially, and then 
brought in a bunch of people um, from the CDH community to help sort of fine-tune it in a bit and get it out to a place where it's balanced. It's basically like a bit of a heavy-handed take on the ban list in order to, like, um, and a couple of rules changes in order to sort of work EDH into a more competitive state at the highest levels of the format. Um, so just doing stuff like, you know, um, lowering life total to 30 to help curb some of the stuff with adnaws and just abusing high life totals and um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then pairing that with like increasing commander damage to, or decreasing commander damage, I guess, to 12 per commander to make it, like, to make Voltron more of a real thing and make it, like, more realistic that combat damage is a factor in games. And then, you know, like, banning some power cards and unbanning some stuff that doesn't need to be on the ban list for uh, the competitive side of the format. Also, I think you're you're kind of underselling how drastic the yeah, ban list it's, it's, is. So it's pretty heavy-handed. All, all, reserve lifts, all reserve list cards are banned. Yeah, so it's, so it's also... So it's not just about power level, I guess. It's also a bit about accessibility, I think, is one of the cornerstones. So, like... Banning out the reserve list is obviously part of that. It makes it a lot more affordable to get into the format because when you don't have to buy duels or any of the reserve list staples for decks, uh, suddenly, for some strange reason, the average cost of a deck in the format plummets. <laughs> Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's all reserve list. Ban I'm, I'm just going to run through the general categories in my head. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire ban list on its face, uh, but it's all reserve card, all reserve list cards are banned. Fetch lands are banned. Uh, pretty much all of the good tutors are banned. Uh, the good fast mana is banned. Uh, and then some of the just generic good cards for the foreign are banned. You know, stuff like fish, carpet, um, risk exciting mana drain, dockside, that kind of stuff. Um, and then, oh yeah, and then the deck size is lowered to 80 to compensate for losing some consistency stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's and a... I think, uh, you may have missed Planeswalkers are legal. Oh, yes, that too. Uh, that's a relatively <laughs> minor rules change, actually. I, I know it doesn't, I didn't okay, say Okay, I haven't played, but, yeah, I haven't played it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, definitely, it's, it's about, like, opening up space for building deck and like to have like a lot of different decks be able to be viable at the top end of an edh style format right is sort of the main idea um yeah i mean like morgan how, how have you found it because like i've i've really enjoyed the format uh, i've played a fair amount of it so i uh haven't played as much since the flash ban if i'm being honest but i've played a bit um i think that I, I've said this in many discussions about the format. Um, for me, the 12 commander damage is too low by, like, it's, it, the like, the, the commander damage at 12 means that, like, so many commanders just have this, like, built-in, actually quite reasonable backup plan of just killing someone. And I felt that it made it extremely punishing to play control, um, especially when a lot of the best value engines are banned, and th they're banned for good reason. Um, I'm not like disputing. I don't. I don't think that like Ristic Study is something that was healthy for the format, um, but I found that like. 
it wasn't exactly like a race, but it was like very. It, it definitely got to the point where like, if one person went for it, the game was like too likely to end in that turn cycle for my taste. Okay, makes sense. Like, which is, I, I guess, like, I I don't find that particular, and like, I also find this with no ban list. Um, I like that should be an element of the game that if you go off, you're presenting an opportunity. Uh, like, if you go off and you get stopped, you're presenting an opportunity for your opponents to go for it. But I don't think that should be like. The if you go off and you don't get there, you might as well just concede. Yeah, sure. Which is like. Which is, like, what I've found in some CDH metas, as well as uh, in No Ban List and Conquest. And, like, I'm not sure what the solution is to that, but... Which format do you think is... Actually, okay, well, it's probably No Ban List, but between Conquest and regular CDH, which one do you think is the worst offender in that regard? Um, I... I feel like regular CDH can be a worse offender, depending on the meta. I think Conquest is a lot more even on, like, the metas that it presents, honestly, just because, like, combo is significantly worse. Like, it's it's not as good of an archetype when there are, like, alternatives, right? Like, it's very real that you can just get beat to death or I think whatever. it's also, it's, like, a bit of a problem that, like, the way the Voltron... Like the the rock paper scissors between Voltron control and combo is like creates kind of an unhealthy dynamic where like oftentimes the control deck is getting beat down by the Voltron deck and like can't deal with that and the combo deck. Um, I think that I think that yeah, no ban list is the biggest offender just because like there's no great interaction cards that are banned. Right? Like, yeah. it's not like, oh, nice, we actually get to play with Force of Will now, or like, what? Like all of those cards are already legal, and people don't seem to have a problem winning the game even with them legal, and then they unbanned a bunch of Accelerants and Win Cons. And so, like, whereas with Conquests, like, almost none of the, like, Managerine is banned, but not because it's interaction, because... The ritual was stupid. <laughs> ritual is um, so bad. Like, like but it's, force force of will is still legal. Yeah. Um, like all the pretty much all the counter spells that are in CDH are still legal. Um, it's a, the format's a little bit more creature heavy, which means that like the cheap counter spells don't necessarily line up as well. But um, which I I do think like I think that aspect of it is fairly healthy. I like I don't think that like dispel and swan song and fluster should be the be all and all of. Well, so the like, an interaction package. like I like that it's creature based. I guess like I don't think that counter spells need the like quote unquote nerf because like there it's already one v oneing is already like really not where you want to be. Right? Sure, I I just feel like I feel personally one for oneing. I feel like the concept makes sense of like you just nerf combo enough that you it's not required to always have counter magic if you want to play a slow deck. Like, there are slow decks in the format that don't play blue and can still do fairly well just because combo is not as all-encompassing as in, like, other CDH-derived formats. I guess, like, I think Conquest would be healthier if, like, you could 
play a playset of Counterspell. It's like <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, like the, the, the spells that counter creatures like drop off really hard. Yeah, that's fair. Um, one thing I want to ask about conquest is uh, how do the decks look? Do you find that they're um, kind of just good stuff dot deck, um, or is there like actual synergy and 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 you know? "Quote unquote, like engines with with so, commanders. So one thing I actually find surprising about CDH is that it does maintain some of that um, engine synergy piece kind of stuff going on, um, and and I actually very much like that that it's not just run every single possible good card you can. So the interesting thing about Conquest, and this is why I'm a big fan of it, not as a replacement or anything, but just as like a, another form, format that I play when I get sort of tired of CDH or I want to do other stuff." Um, is that the commanders are a lot more defining to the decks because there are way fewer staples, right? Like, there, there are very, very few auto-includes in any given deck um, because, like, there's no Mana Crypt or Soul Ring, there's no Moxin to put in the deck. Um, you're, like, you're not... You're just shoving Mystic Remoras and Tutors and stuff in the decks, right? Like, you you actually really have to think about what you're filling your slots with because it's not just, like, I'm going to put D-Tutor and Imperial Seal and whatever... Because those aren't legal. You can't put Mystical Teeter in your deck just to fill space. Like, you can't put all these random, like, really efficient cards in your deck to fill all this space. So I found that the decks tend to feel a lot more like you're playing a deck around a commander. Nice. So it's, it's kind of, like, more mid-power in that sense. Yeah, like, it's... Mid-power is a lot... Is, a, is built around commander it's, it's what It's what you like about mid-power, right? Except, like... Except, oh, like, nice. that's the top end of the format. And it's balanced around that being, like, the max power in the format. Um, it's, like, there are a lot of decks that are just, like... I think people have con- have coined them, like... Like, quintessential conquest decks, which are, like, decks that, like, do not exist anywhere else. Um, just because... What, what's an example of one of those? Um, there's some... There's some weird ones. Um, I guess one that... I played a bit was Nahiri the Storm or Stone? Storm of Stone. Storm of Stone, that's the one. Um which is the Is it, is it the Boros? Yeah, it's the f- the Boros Nahiri that it, nothing matters on her except she has a static ability that says that equip abilities you control cost one less to activate. Um and basically Mirrors. A pretty good equipment that has an equip cost of one. Yeah. So basically, the the deck is like a skull clamp storm deck, but it's like super interesting because it's like this Boros storm deck that That's can cool. consistently find its combo piece because like there's a bunch of equipment tutors in Boros, and it's like yeah, and it's it's really cool because it's like actually a lot more consistent to find the skull clamp in that deck than it is in like. If you were playing like a Grixis Storm deck to find like specific pieces in that deck, because you just can't play any of the good tutors, like any of the good generic tutors. So like it opens up this space for like, yeah, like this is actually more consistent than a lot of other stuff that you could be doing. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Conquest, uh, do you think the format should uh, move more towards Conquest or more away from Conquest? And then also I'm going to add on uh do you think, or do you have more fun playing Conquest or CDH as it is right now? 
because I think I think it's I would say that I would like probably for CDH to move more towards conquest. Um, but I think I could envision. I say I'm not going to be able to answer the second question because I haven't played conquest. But you know, I could envision that you might want it to move in that direction, but that maybe it's a bit too far uh, conquest compared to CDH, or maybe it's not. I'll let you guys answer that. Yeah, I think uh, as far as like the point that you made in regards to deck building and how like there are very few auto includes, I would I would very much like that in CDH, but at the same time, I think I value more my version of the philosophy of CDH, where you can't really achieve that without doing some serious some serious banning. So I like that these two formats exist separately and like. You don't have to necessarily choose depending on like what type of experience you like because both are available yeah i mean i i definitely wouldn't turn cdh into conquest i value the like experience of being able to play with the high powered cards and a bunch of the stuff that's in cdh um you definitely lose stuff in cdh that like or you you lose stuff moving from cdh to conquest that i don't think i'm willing to lose and i don't think a lot of other people are willing to lose um, but I think there are some takeaways from Conquest that could be like implemented if we were balancing for CDH. And Reed, do you think do you have more fun playing Conquest as it is or CDH as it is, or is it like different or? Yeah, right. Uh, I, you, I'd say like say? during Flashlock era. I mean, I have a lot of fun playing Flashlock, um, but <laughs> but um, oh my God. I, I I was still like it was it was a lot more fun in Conquest just because there was actual variety and stuff. But now that you know, the witch is dead. Um, there's I it's just now it's just different types of fun. I think um, Conquest is just like a brewer's paradise sort of still, where you just like sort of do whatever. Um, and like actually like really yeah, that, really that, that's always really really, really commit to building a unique deck rather than just like okay well i'm trying to build this commander that not a lot of people are playing so i'm just gonna put all the staples in and then like put like the five synergy pieces in and then be done with it see um, i'm playing the commander that everyone is playing but my deck is a <laughs> fiend artist in it. whoa hey fiend artist is a good card stop it guessing is. it <laughs> that wasn't my intention all right um, um, yeah, sorry, my intention there was just to, like, make the joke about, like, one or two cards defining, like, yeah. oh, it's a different deck, because I put in, like, this one spicy card. Um, I think that there are definitely a lot of really positive elements of Conquest. The diversity is a big one. Um, I think that, uh, I would, yeah, I'd like to move... CDH a bit towards that, like weaken combo a little bit, um, make it easier to play decks without blue and without consult. Um, but I definitely like, it, you know, this is it. It would be like way too far in my view to like they're they're different experiences, and I definitely want access to both of those experiences. Um, so I, I wouldn't want it to like very closely mirror it, but as Reed said, there are definitely some good takeaways about diversity and, um, so yeah, that like, sorry, Reed, I forget. Did you mention when you did the ban list that fetch lands were banned? Yes. You did. Yeah. yeah. Cause that like fetch lands and duels being yeah, gone yeah. definitely like the colors is, is like 
no one you know it's really hard to play four and five color yeah um so it, it really encourages is, you to play like the two and three in one color like commander centric yeah. decks which um, is nice so yeah there, there's definitely things in conquest that i think would be healthy if they were brought to cdh but it's it's still a very different experience and i wouldn't want to get rid of what i currently view the cdh experience as yeah, I think yeah. Um, final words on Conquest. I, I would say it. I think it was a bit unfortunate of the timing of when Conquest went public, which was like right after the flash the, ban. Uh, yeah. The flash ban, because during the whole flash winter, people were leaving CDH and looking for alternate formats. That's where a lot of the no ban list um, stuff like came came about, and Conquest was was going on during that. And then right as probably the most important ban. Right in, in CDH history and reinvigorating the format for people. Right as that happens, Conquest goes public, and so it's just unfortunate that it's probably not as big as it could have been uh, because of that. Yeah, but I mean, um, then again, like, I, I just want to make it clear that, like, this is sort of like it was sort of like a project that was a labor of love for a lot of people, I think. And it was, it was more just like there are all these ideas floating around, and like, oh, there could be this mythical balanced cdh format with all this stuff that like people have always had these ideas of like what if we lowered the life total what if we ban fetch lands what if we like do all this stuff to balance the format a bit and i think it was just like more of a realization of those thoughts and conjectures during a time when people were getting very sick of the format right so i mean it it sucks that it's not as popular as it could have been but i think it's also like it's less about popularity and more just like a an, an option that people have always sort of wanted to test out. Yeah, I think it- one thing one thing that uh, Conquest does have that I think would be interesting because one thing I, I think that's a bit difficult with Conquest is that it implements a lot of things that I think are individually good ideas for balancing CDH. That maybe once they're all introduced together, it just becomes too unrecognizable for me, and maybe that's why I don't have. Um, I'm I'm not as as inclined to to try out that format, but I I would think it'd be interesting uh, maybe to try out some of the ideas of conquest individually in cdh like i think it would be interesting to see what cdh would look like if not if everything remained the same except you know commander damage was at you know 11 or 12 like i would like to see how if if that changes anything um at all or maybe maybe it has to be even lower for people to really be incentivized to have (laughs) maybe if it was 12 i would stop shitting on bruce tarl all the time (laughs) god dude bruce tarl with a two-hit kill that's pretty scary that's brutal yeah like i think i think creature combat the only thing that that before before timna was around you know the whole commander players being terrible at, at combat was was very true i mean, I mean right? like it's the only still thing true was like ad nauseum and and <laughs> tim Dutt. like now people have to be a bit more aware of of creature combat but adding um something like that and you know dude i, I i'm just gonna say i'm embarrassed at the number of times that i've forgotten how first strike has worked in a cdh game <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um <laughs> I, I i forgot uh i i i'd, I'd not realize how trample worked in, in CDH. <laughs> and this was this was immediately after. I think Mor- Morgan, this was at this is at like ANC or yeah. something. I think you were there, right? We had a long discussion I, about I, replacement I, effects and like how and, and the director was like chains and notion and thief. Yeah. and notion thief and how does this all work? And then like like just a few minutes later it's like, wait, how does trample work again? I was like oh man um turns out it yeah. doesn't work when you're blocking that's that's a that's a is, is my inner Yu-Gi-Oh player still uh <laughs> persisting 
Okay, uh, so next up, we've got 2v2, which holds a special place in all of our hearts because it's a format that no one else plays. <laughs> it's so localized. Yeah, it's the we, Toronto metagame. This is, yeah, this can, is practically the 2v2 format. Who play it and it would take two yeah. <laughs> shout out to Tom. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Zach and Kevin who won the last yeah. tournament. But yeah, um, 2v2. I think 2v2 really appeals to me it, because it's it, it still has the really tight gameplay of CDH. It preserves that aspect where you're you're really trying to um you know you have you have to you have to play in fact it's even you probably have to play even tighter in 2v2 than you do in CDH. Um much like, you know, traditional 1v1 formats, but it still maintains that power level feel still maintains a bit of the aspect of uh, commander where you get to build around the one card that you always have access to and i really really like the fact that you get the interplay between um the two two decks so you get to do cool synergy things like edgar edric or um you know whatever i mean you know you can just do generic good stuff decks but uh <laughs> and people you don't definitely have, to, have. <laughs> Kess and whatever matt's playing yep. this week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the, the synergies have... do exist and, and they can be uh they can be very cool and i think that really appeals to me because i very much like mid power for um its synergy aspects i kind of use a, a metaphor these days which is it's like a chef trying to to do everything they can to bring the most out of like one particular ingredient and that's what I really like about uh, mid power. It's like, okay, how do you maximize um, Goreclaw, Wart, or you know, whatever Locust God, whatever commander you want to pick? How do you just maximize and emphasize what makes that deck unique? Um, and you obviously lose a bit of that when you go to CDH, like Git Rug. You're not really maximizing Git Rug's ability. You're just comboing with it. Um, but I, I really like that aspect. And and in two v two, you get more of that because of the the interplay. But it's not, you know, just full on that it's it's a really happy medium and i like the fact that you can run cards like uh uh Kolagon's command and and hand Thoughtsies. attack and have that be good yeah it's the closest thing we're going to get to all legendary creatures have partner um <laughs> true which is something know. that i never want to happen <laughs> <laughs> but it, for some strange reason it works out well yeah i it's actually i think something else that is actually sort of funny is i think like Conquest is probably, like, in my experience, closer to 2v2 than it is to CDH in a lot of ways. So let's let's just give give quickly the good uh give the rules for, for 2v2. Uh oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> so it's um you you're it's not two-headed giant, so you guys aren't taking turns at the same time. It, it's really like two-headed giant, um, like CDH, except the problems with two with two headed giant are fixed. Yeah, that's <laughs> just about. That's the best way to, to think yeah, about it. So like, yeah. turn spells aren't stupid. Um, you guys don't get to like take turns simultaneously, and it's, it's you don't have a yeah. shared life total, so ad nauseum isn't stupid. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it and and combat matters because you get to like you you have a, a less you have a, you 30 have thirty life. life total each. Um, uh, but because. Each player can you can you can focus down one player. In 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 some ways, it's it's like you have less life than a uh, uh, a standard you yeah, know, twenty you, life one v one. It's format. reasonable that you're gonna get like two v one by some combat centric decks and like have to try to survive it. Honestly, a lot of the strategy does come um, if you're playing aggro. It does actually 
kind of fall on who you decide to uh, eliminate first yeah. on the other team. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just to finish the rules, it's uh, yeah, you sit in A B A B. Um, so your diagonal from your uh, partner. Uh, you don't draw if you go first. Um, seating and all that stuff is is determined by dice roll. Same who goes first, um, and then. Uh, ban list is the exact same as EDH, except with the addition of scheming symmetry. Uh, and yeah, 30 life. Uh, and there's uh, currently wish boards, so that's probably not something <laughs> I... If, or there, there are when we play in person. If, it was yeah. something that we didn't carry over to online, because basically wish boards <laughs> meant everyone was playing Karn, because Karn's just kind of good, and like, He's the combo's really easy to... It's like so much oh. easier to just stick Karn and slam the lattice and protect him when instead of like three people attacking it on that first turn cycle you have one person attacking it then one person defending it then another person attacking it and then it. one person yeah. you also have somebody else to hold up mana while you try to resolve it if you're facing yeah, like exactly. blue decks or whatever it's just yeah <laughs> yeah it just gives every deck a yeah. combo like an, a one card combo and, and yeah sorry the, the last thing about the rules of 2v2 is that your you and your partner cannot have the same commander yes uh, so no yeah. no pairing up Edrix. I know this might be a bit of a hot take, but I actually kind of liked the Karn situation <laughs> because those games can last like three hours, and if some decks actually just don't have a way of winning, and <laughs> if you can throw a Karn in, <laughs> at least the games end. And it's not like it's just a... Like, it is a really super efficient, you know, colorless combo, but um, at least it's not two mana. Yeah, like, and, at least it's with, actually... With the, with the commander, shared commanders thing, um, you can't share... Uh, like if you have partners, if you have Thrasios Timna, I don't think your your partner can have like yeah, you Thrasios can't have Vile, Tim correct? Crom or whatever with Thrasios yeah. Timna. Yeah. And uh, the matches are done as a like a best of three, although there is no sideboard. Um, um, uh, honestly, I think that yeah. like two v two could also enormously benefit from some of the changes we've talked about in in uh, in like free for all. I think that like. One of the downsides is that it can be incredibly snowbally, particularly off the fast mana, where like sometimes you know you have like the one person who like the whole thing where you like spaghetti out your whole hand and then you just have all this mana to do whatever it is you want to do. Like that doesn't mean your hand doesn't have interaction because sometimes your partner has the interaction. Um, so like there's an element of like it having a really good opening hand can like really sort of snowball the game um i also i think what would be interesting in that format would also be um a fetch land and strip mine ban um just to make the mana mm. like a little bit worse so because like a yeah. lot of it's yeah. this sort of like tempo um like you have some sort of aggressive threats to put pressure on and then like a decent amount of interaction and some like things like strip mine and thoughtsies are like very real because you're you have you're not like one v ones are good again because yeah. you have the same amount of resources and, as your and opponents also, rather than one third and also like you can do it in a way where like your one v one is you're shutting down the person with the most resources on their team and then the other person on your team who has a fair amount of resources is targeting the person who's like manuscript or whatever. And you just like yeah. yeah. So like I think I think it would be interesting to see with no fetch lands to make the make it hard like make it harder to play just all the colors you want. 
Um, but then you would also, I think, have to ban no strip mine because it would be too easy to just strip people out of the game if there were no fetch lands. Um, I think that would. Yeah, I think help a similar. A little bit. I think a similar uh, logic can be applied to some of the strongest hand attack spells. Like I'm not talking about Thoughtseize or Duress. I'm talking about him to Turak and Mind Twist, where you actually can just like turn it into a very quickly into a two versus one. Mind Twist. Mind Twist in particular, I think, would be a lot less egregious with like Crypt and Soul Ring gone, <laughs> where like it's a lot. But I think it would be it would be like a lot harder to get someone hell bent on like turn four instead like maybe you like they have five cards in hand and you're like mind twisting them for three on turn four which is like still really good obviously but like it's not you're out of this game. Um, one. I also think it's a lot easier to play, like, losing fast mana doesn't just make it all green-centric in the same way, because, like, it's a lot easier to play, like, double Clasm, or, like, double Wrath, double Clasm, whatever you want to call it, decks. Like, when you actually have two decks that are trying to keep creatures off the board, that's, like, a real strategy, rather than, like, one versus three, which often happens in free-for-all. Like, you show up with the Clasm deck, and, like, sometimes you can actually, like, blow out three people, but, you know, sometimes it just works out that, like, you're faced with either I'm letting this person, like, draw two cards off their Timna next turn and, like, have a bunch of mana from this Bloom Tender, or I'm casting a Clasm and just killing a Dork from this person who's j then just gonna lay out, like, three more mana worth of creatures on their turn kind of deal. Um is like much less of an issue when you have a partner who can also be running wraths um I, I think we can we can kind of move on from 2v2 not too much else to say um i've got maybe two points i i, I think that you know the, the points you bring up uh about bands probably good for balance although i really do like the fact that it's uh you get to play powerful cards very much like um cdh it really reminds me of uh vintage cube a lot uh CDH doesn't feel so much like Vintage Cube because you, uh, you you don't maintain that kind of one v one. Getting to like Thoughtseize isn't isn't good and and but in two v two you really like the cards that are good in Vintage Cube are really good in two v two. So that translates and I do think that it uh, the one point I want to make is it's probably the closest to a halfway point between uh, like traditional sixty card one v one and free-for-all uh, commander, where if you had two people who were staunchly in those camps and like, I only like doing this and I only like doing that, so like a legacy player and a uh, commander player, 2v2 is the closest format where I think both would have recognizable aspects um, and would probably have fun. Both both of the individuals would have fun um, and, and not be too you know put off by how different it is from their respective format. So that's one thing I really like about 2v2, but yeah. Anything else? Or It's hard to organize 2v2 events. <laughs> it's, it's one of its biggest yeah. downsides. I wish more people played the format. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, okay, uh, so next up we have uh, point systems. So this is Canadian Highlander, you know, all the... How Australian many? There's like Australian Highlander. Highlander. Yeah, there's one for every country, I swear. Uh, <laughs> there, there has to be, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, so point systems. It's it's weird to put this in the in this topic um, in terms of there, like there's just no commander, right? There's no there's nothing at the helm. The real sim- similarity is that it's. Highlander, so one of each card, and you get to play, you know, very similar to your ban lists. Uh, except you can put cards that are quote unquote banned in it if you want. Um, but you just have a, a set amount of points that you're allowed to allocate towards a shopping list of banned cards. Uh, what, what are some like, doesn't, did any of you guys know, like, because I don't think any of us play any of the Highlanders, right? I not really uh, no. like yeah. I keep up with the decks like yeah. I think I think so. Uh, this one will be probably pretty short, but yeah. Does anyone know like examples? Can you can you pull out examples of points if if you remember or um, like soul in, ring or mana crypt in Canadian Highlander where you get I it's a, it's nine or ten ten points. Um, I think it's I think, I think 10, the highest I card. I think it's ten. I think the highest card is Flash at seven points. Um, Black Lotus, Lotus is also seven. Um, uh, I think Crypt and Soul Ring are like three or four points each. Um, the good tutors, stuff like Demonic Tutor, are like a few points, and then like the bad tutors, like uh, Merchant Scroll, I think is one point. Um, I think that like it, that idea unfortunately like falls apart in the presence of commanders um where like commanders that combo really effectively with a card that is totally fine outside of that context suddenly like like how do you solve that problem like one of the are you you gonna put like seven points for helm of the host or something yeah like Like are we like are we pointing like dacmore salvage here or like what's the <laughs> yeah like are we, do you point the commanders themselves like that's potentially awkward um like it i think i think that's probably the like cleanest solution but i or sorry like the most effective solution is to just point the commanders but then like it feels really artificial in that you're like curating how good a commander is by like just being like oh well you can play fewer good cards in your deck i also think that like if you wanted it to anywhere remotely approach the current power level that we're seeing um you'd actually have to have like quite a high points total which potentially makes it hard to control um like like if you're dealing with like 30 points I think it actually makes it quite hard to um, to balance because there's like so many more combinations of pointed cards that you have to watch out for, um, and I think like I don't think you could do anywhere close to it with ten points. Like you would have to either it would be the wild west and like the format would substantially increase in power, or you'd have to point everything so heavily that the format would decrease in power if you were keeping that 
level of granularity. So, for the record, just because uh, I hate giving out misinformation, <laughs> um, currently Canadian Highlander seven pointed cards are Ancestral Recall, uh, Black Lotus, Time Vault, and Time Walk. Flash is no, but I remember Flash Fla and Hulk Flash, being pointed yeah, like Fla very Flash aggressively. Is, Flash is pointed five, Protein Hulk is pointed three, so together they're eight points. Oh, okay. Yeah. They pointed Flash and Hulk rather than just pointing one or the other. Yeah. Okay. So like if, I remember bringing this up on our Hulk podcast that Flash and Hulk together are pointed higher than Time Vault, whereas yes. like they're the other pieces of Time Vault, Correct. like the Voltaic keys, are not pointed. Okay. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, it's interesting. But, like, for, you know, consider, Time Vault yeah. is another one, like, how much are we considering the fact that, like, Derevi is a card, right? Like, yeah. Then, it, like, I assume Fabricate um, is not on that list, or how, how pointed is, is Tinker, right? Like, how many how many artifact tutors do you then maybe have to point, or, like, yeah, I, I think Morgan's solution was probably best with pointing commanders, but... Yeah, it seems just too messy of a system to implement in uh, in Commander. Uh, and I, I know some people have tried when there's like discussion of of no ban list or alternate ban list formats. Someone was trying to work on a point system uh, and was contacting the people who do it for Kane Highlander, but didn't get much so steam because I think potentially yeah, the other the obvious reasons, other other way that you do it. <laughs> it sounds really stupid. Is you just aggressively point commanders and win cons and that's it. So if you're playing a higher color commander or a stronger commander, you're just forced to play shitty win cons. <laughs> hmm, maybe. I think yeah, I think also with commanders, tough. it like it forces much more rapid updating as like new yeah, commanders yeah, come true. out all the time. Like I think any given card is much more likely to make an impact in commander than it is in like a, a 1v1 no commander list um because it's a lot hard like it's, it's hard to, to point every commander like you have to point probably almost every commander. yeah like it's hard to build around in in canadian highlander because the, a lot of the tutors are pointed and you don't have guaranteed access so when you do have this build around aspect I think that like it becomes unmanageable to to keep an effective points list both up to like to have one in the first place is really hard and then keeping it up to date is like just a miserable task. Uh, I think a, okay. a possible oh, way sorry, to no, to approach ahead. this, where I think uh, and and you guys I think you guys have came from kind of like a re like a repair mindset where if you kind of if you approach it from maybe a bottom up mindset you would point things like efficient four color mana bases so maybe you would give blue duels more points than other duels uh same with fetches um and maybe possibly kind of hit tutors in a way that would also benefit lower color decks if that makes sense so you just put points into like you give every fetch land a point or something or like half a point or like what like fluctuating point totals for different decks sure like maybe we're upping it a bit but like point every fetch land point every duel and then point a bunch of tutors well but i think he's saying also like you can point tropical island more than plateau sure i just i'm not sure yeah. how much of a fan i am of like specifically doing like color balancing with points you know yeah i think the, the yeah, color identity thing very is, is also very like quick kind of an awkward yeah. thing to point around 
Like, like I think at the very least, it um, there's at least a trade-off to adding more colors so you can play stronger cards. At yeah, the very no, no, no. Least. like, and then, but it I'd doesn't. But the system like, doesn't I, fully I, limit I, you. Now by, that you mentioned it, I yeah. agree with being like with like pointing mana bases. Like that makes sense to me intuitively. Um, I just think that like symmetrical pointing would probably be the way to go there. Then again, we're talking about like a very specific hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah One of you wants to yeah, figure yeah, yeah, it out. Yeah. You know what? Go for it. But let's let's move on away. I from think like yeah, that's my. Th we're trying to work out the point system on on the fly right here. Yeah, I was uh, trying to think of a way to redeem the point system, but it's it's definitely way too complicated. Um, yeah. So next up, we've got uh, and I guess sort of our last thing on the list in terms of like a actual true alternate format, and that's dual commander uh, or French and or Leviathan. Uh, I guess we could. We, we kind <laughs> Good of, one. I mean, people might say oh, bring up Oathbreaker or Tiny Leaders. Like I kind of. I mean, Oath Oathbreaker might as well be Conquest in terms of that rule set because it's. Like, exactly. I guess you also get that signature spell, so I guess that's different. But honestly, I think that's too different. Like, we were already pushing it with... Uh, with Conquest. With Highlander. Yeah, the, the Highlander thing. So I think we really want to stick yeah. to 100 cards with um, Vintage or, like, the, you know, the Vintage-esque ban list that we have in, in EDH and uh, having a constant access to a card in the command zone. So... Yeah, well, we'll skip. We'll skip. Um, Oathbreaker and Time Leaders are, you know, I don't think there's too much <laughs> to say because none of us have really played that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so dual commander. Um, it's basically just one v one commander. Um, yeah, I think we're talking about multiplayer formats, competitive yeah. multiplayer formats here. So it's you know worth mentioning, but a lot of the the ban list is is just built around balance for for. 1v1. Um, so, like, I think they've got stuff like Thoughtseize and Stripmine and all that stuff banned, so you can't even compare for, for that. And the cards that are good in that format are just not necessarily good. It's, like, 2v2 is close to Dual Commander, um, but it you can actually maintain the standard ban list, And I, although Morgan did bring up some cards that might probably want to be banned. Uh but yeah, in, in terms of like balancing, just not really analogous at all. And yeah, I, I don't think the appeal is really there. I think people, you know, Commander being the most popular format in Magic, I think a big piece of that, and I'm sure you guys will probably all agree, is that it's multiplayer. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and com uh, French Commander, Dual Commander has been um, on the decline. I think also Tiny Leaders was. Also one v one, right? No, Oathbreaker was one v one, but was no. Tiny Leaders also one v one? Oathbreaker is was technically one v one, I think. I yeah, I think it's optionally one v one, but everybody ended up playing it one v one. I I feel like Tiny Leaders was one v one because I think I remember just like a lot of tempo decks, which feels like a one v one thing. But yeah, uh, I, I, I I never really got into it. Yeah. Honestly, the secret the secret sauce to these formats really does seem to be multiplayer. I mean, Canadian Highlander and, and the Highlander formats have their own, you know, strong following, but I don't I don't think they're anywhere well, near just, what CDH has or EDH, obviously. I think the main like Highlander Discord, I remember checking this a while ago, is like smaller than the Urza Discord. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh 
Yeah. Honestly, I think I think most people want uh, a format of magic where they can play with a group of friends rather than like, oh, you're the odd one out, so I guess you'll sit while we play Pioneer yeah. or whatever it is. Okay, so we, we, we covered the obligatory, you know, technically alternate formats, alternate ban lists. Um, but yeah, not multiplayer, not really interesting. <laughs> um, so, and then finally on our on our list is like, is it really an alternate format? I guess it's kind of like an alternate ban list philosophy, and that's banned as commander. Uh, and so back also when companion. <laughs> oh, true, true. Um, yeah, so back when you could put Leovold or whoever in the ninety nine. Meh, in my opinion, I'm I'm like I I like the aspect of commander, and I kind of like the general philosophy of being able to play with almost all the cards in Magic. Um, and if you can, you know, give people access to, you know, one more card because it's, you know, I was busted if you have constant access to it, but if you it's in the 99, it's not so bad, then, you know, that's... I, 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 I kind of do approve of that, but I also am fine keeping the ban list as is just for simplicity's sake. Okay, so I guess quickly... The obvious, the cards that are on the ban list that we would potentially move to ban as commander would be Leovold and Arayo, right? Uh, are there any, uh, I mean, do, do you think Arayo in the 99 is... Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm not talking about... I, I think Arayo is specifically possibly the more problematic one, but it's it's tough. I don't know. Can we go over this and almost agree that Arayo yeah, is totally okay in the command zone? is better than 99. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we <laughs> thought it was better in the 99 than it was in the command zone. Okay. Um, the, I guess, I, I think, like, the question that doesn't get asked as often is, is there any currently legal card that you would not ban generally, but you would consider banning as a commander? Um, I mean, any of the ones that we talked about in our previous episode where we were talking about, you know, Thrasios and Timna and things yeah, like that I mean, were honestly like sure if if band is commanders around I'm fine banning them as commander but I, I don't hate just banning them outright either that's kind of my stance I feel like I'd ban um, uh, maybe we can get into this in uh, more in the philosophy <laughs> I think thing. I would regular have, ban Thrasios but then only for, ban as a commander Timna <laughs> I'd have a consideration for, I mean I might ban it as a commander over generally banning it just because I like I think that that card is like healthy to have in the 99 but i think i would consider banning um derevi and yuriko and potentially inala on like flavor grounds oh just on like would breaking you, would you also ban like the other eminence stuff like i mean like Laurel, uh, from like a competitive sense like no from a philosophy sense yes I yeah think like from a philosophy sense yes but they're yeah, like such like a non-issue that format okay so so just the cdh playable ones like it's the same reason i might ban Dranith magistrate on flavor grounds but not like nevermore you know <laughs> yeah okay well Speaking of, I guess we're just I guess we're just parlaying into that one. Okay, let's. Well, no, let's let's finish 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 this. this All right, fine. I mean, okay. I mean, there's one card that's worth having banned as commander, and that's Leovold, (laughs) right? Like that's. I think we we just kind of established that that Leovold is fine in the 99. It's very good, right? It's very good in the 99, but it's just problematic to have in uh, 
in the command zone. Is is there any disagreement on that? Uh, nope. uh, no disagreement. Yeah. Uh, I think if Leovold were like one color, then there may be issues. But the fact that it's Soltai definitely is okay. In my yeah, mind. So does anyone have any like? Do you do you strongly want Bandit's commander to come back? No, or? I mean it, it just no. it just adds more overhead to the format, right? Like when you're getting into it as well. Yeah, I, I, really, like, I really like yeah, the elegance, and, and it feels like I mean the RC have said this. It wasn't that it was super complex; it was that they weren't really getting anything for the complexity. And like I kind of agree that wow, you can put Leovold and Rafelos in the ninety nine is like oh yeah, Rafelos. That's I mean, that's, like, not a problem yet. Yeah. Right? But, like, wow, you can no, put Leopold no. and Rafelos in the 99 is, like, a pretty thin, like, a benefit for banning, yeah, for, like, yeah. adding a whole separate category. Um, and then the other thing is uh, Lutri, which I would unban and ban as a companion so you can put it in your deck if you yeah. want because yeah, it's adorable. that's very fair. You can also play I'm it as so a companion. Yeah, I was about to say. That the companion yeah, rule, it would, be, it would be an companion interesting rule, The new companion rule, I think, is just it. It was un, like obviously completely necessary for um it's also for sixty card, but like it, it just disincentivized any like a lot <laughs> of the reasons to also, run um <laughs> companions in in. Uh, it's also commander. so in like not just com- it's competitive. So inelegant. <laughs> it's just yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, let's add a, let's add another I, special I, I, action to the game. <laughs> Why not? I had a uh, a a brew of like that was Vile Smasher Crom Obosh, <laughs> and like you just can't like that brew just died with the new companion rule, which is, is strange. But it it you just don't you're really trying to you know play these things on curve, right? Like you want to hit your your vial on three, and then your your Obosh, um, you know, on five or or, or later on after you've developed some pieces. Like it's just taking the time to, to, to spend three mana is maybe like the whole the whole point of that in you know 60 card is that once you get down to uh you know you've traded one for one with a lot of stuff uh in 1v1 and you can maybe have something to sink your mana into and and have it you know get get rewarded for those deck building restrictions but it's just so punishing in commander to have to do that but it's so, great yeah. with garuda because you can only play even costs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can actually, oh you actually God. have a reason to curve through it. <laughs> I think if there's one card that I'd like to be banned as the 99, but not banned as a commander, though, would be Emrakul, the Aeon's Torn. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't think it's I, a competitive I, deck. I think it's just like <laughs> a deck that makes people miserable and casual. Well, it's also Dude, yeah. The the companion true. rules change actually just ruined like my Golos ninety nine lands deck. <laughs> you, you used to be able to do with uh, Zerda on 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 three because you're trying to play Golos on four, and it's actually like a ramp piece in uh, for the core engine, which is activating uh, Golos. Uh, no, no, no. The, the deck <laughs> 99 lands activating Golos is just so bad. No, the, the core, the core piece engine is sanctum sanctum of oh, eternity. Okay. The one that bounces Golos. So like you'd you'd actually make it was like a ramp piece that you could play and have access to, and now it just you can't do All that right. on curve. Well that brutal. concludes but the yeah. mid power. Yep. So. <laughs> if you'd like to no. if you'd like to hear more about mid power, please send all discourse to noob source and null on the Discord. <laughs> if you chose your moment and that was the mid power episode and now <laughs> Um okay, so 
next up, Morgan, you have uh, this. So, so we're, we're done with alternate ban lists, and we're going to sort of move into uh, spirit of the format, ban list We're philosophy, almost 90 minutes in, philosophy. and now's a great time to start a philosophical discussion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Morgan, have, uh, you, have, you have a point written down that I think you should... Yeah, uh, so I think like one of the things... A few people mentioned it on a few different cards uh, last episode when we were discussing bands about, like, are these cards sort of iconic and are they, like, defining of the format? Um, and so the the first question is, like, are, you know, what are those cards that any number of us think, like, need to be a part of the format? And if they weren't a part of the format, that would make it not CEDH anymore to them? Um, and then... On a slightly more general note, are there any, like, possibilities or capabilities potentially relating to, like, uh, like the format speed or its power level that, like, you could, you feel you could draw a line um, and say that, like, if we go beyond this line, then it ceases to be CDH in your mind? So I guess let's start with cards. Like what are what are the most iconic cards or like format defining cards in everyone's mind? So Soul Ring is the top of the list, um, and that's like in general, right? power level wise. Also availability; it's in every single precon. You don't you don't build a deck without Soul Ring unless you're Morgan. Like it's just I mean no I reason. build my casual decks without Soul Ring because I think it's boring, but you know. Hey, there was a reason. That's a good point. I built one deck. As long as you, as long as you're, <laughs> <laughs> it's amusing. Honestly, I'm trying to think, because you know, I'm right now. You, people might say, "Oh, you know, tainted pact." Like, it, it's, I'm trying to extrapolate back to like the origins of CDH, and thinking of what's persisted. It's ad nauseum, um, and a lot of it is just it's it's, it's got to be ad nauseum. Like besides. <laughs> Besides, like, all the things that are just, like, Soul Ring and Demonic Tutor, which are just generically it's, good, I don't really think they carry the essence of the format. I think Ad Nauseum really does. I think really it's does. exactly yeah. Ad Nauseum and Zur. <laughs> yeah. Zur? It's, oh, it's, no. Yeah, I think that's about it. Like, aside from, like, I mean, the yeah, fast Zer, mana and like, the staples yeah, and whatever, but, like, the, the format-defining stuff is, like, Ad Nauseum and Zur. <laughs> Zur definitely encapsulates the origins of CEH really well, I think. Just it's commander reliant and it's extremely competitive, at least you know, and and it's it, it, it was competitive for a long time and uh, it's a at a very high power level. Yeah, I went through, yes, yeah. I think the only okay, the only like commander that is quote unquote competitive, uh, like the ones that are older than Zer was Godo, who obviously wasn't competitive for a very long time. Um, don't fight me on that, Lyndon. Um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> and um, Azami, who has been on life support for the last eight years or so, <laughs> just continuously. Yeah. She's always. It's there. been a slow, slow, gradual um, fall. Yeah. And it, like obviously now, like she got a big boost with Paradox Engine, and then that boost got taken away. Um, it feels bad. And man. I think even then there were decks that did it better. Um, but like yeah, Zer is the oldest card that I would say that's been consistently competitive, and I, it like both in terms of age and how consistently competitive it's been. It's like quite far on its own. Yeah, I think like 
Yeah, like, so the other one that you could argue, but it isn't really arguable, but I think a competitive commander that has been around for longer. <laughs> Grand Arbiter? Uh, no, I was about to say Momir Vig by, like, a month. It's like, two months. <laughs> yeah, Cold Snap really? released in July 2006. Dissension no, was I'm trying to think about, like, that deck wasn't... <laughs> oh, okay. You know, okay. The deck I was like, what angle are you taking this at? Like, but the core it, it combo, the yeah, the core right? combo yeah, has existed right for, now. like, 14 years. <laughs> it just wasn't developed until, has like, it? yes. When did Heritage Druid come out? What set was that? I think it was... Yeah, that was Lorwyn? Can you do it? You can't do it without Heritage Druid, right? I think you can. I don't still. think so. I'm not sure. Uh, wow. Reed just giving all our listeners fake information. I mean, like, you can do it with Priestess oh Jania. You just can't do it same turn. Like, you just need to establish a dork first. Well, I think I think one thing that we're, we're kind of getting into is... Yeah, a lot of what... It, we, we've kind of noticed there's, there's like a trend where if you go back far enough... Um, Really, like, Xur is... It's, like, calling it a commander-reliant combo is... Wait, hang on a second, Reed. What's your what's your combo? Like, because I think you'll find that oh there's other God. critical pieces missing. Uh, your combo is... What was it again? I found... I found... No, no, trust me. I found something without Teamer Sabretooth that you can do, because you don't have Teamer Sabretooth by that point, by the time that Momir Vakes release. When was Curio? Curio was mirrored in... No, Curio was block. also... Was in uh, Ravnica. So roughly the same time as Momir mm -hmm. Vig. Yeah, you can do Curio stuff. I free there is a way to do it. Trust me on this. <laughs> I just forget exactly what it is. I mean, like, did that way include Phantasmal Image? There are other clones. You just need a clone. Yeah, Phantasmal Image you, was just, just like the most efficient. Yeah, thing to uh, do, at least right? a lot of Huntmaster serves the to same. To get role. back on topic, to get possibly back <laughs> on topic, another kind of original, like, I think CDH staple commander that. I mean, it doesn't really hold up that much today, but arguably holds up is Prosh. Sure. And kind of the I want, original yeah, food chain deck. Like Jaleva as well, right? Jaleva was, that was like and, one of the original, original like CDH decks, right? With um, Brian's oh Pile God, of Broken. No, I, yeah. I mean, well, no, Brian's, yeah, Brian's yeah. Pile of Broken was a Drowning deck. It was deck a Drowning deck. A and deck. then it turned into a It was Jaleva a Drowning deck. deck in 2008. Yes. Jaleva was printed in 2008. If you want to learn about the history of and origins of CDH, Go go dig up the fossil podcast. You have to do like an archaeological dig to find a. I mean, it's it's, it's Brian's pile of broken is the genesis of CDH, um, which is the Drell new. This dude had a binder of legacy and vintage cards, and then made a yeah. CDH deck, and it was like, here's here's my blue black storm deck with cards that are banned from legacy. <laughs> I I, I have found the uh, the post on like MTG Salvation a few months back, and like. One of the first comments was, this looks like the legacy band list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think one thing I, I was going to point out is that there's kind of been a trend where you look at uh, these old commanders where their win cons aren't necessarily commander reliant. Um, like the Zer and Jaleva decks were not reliant on their commanders per se. Like Zer enables you to go find something like Necropotence um, or find value pieces, whatever the old Zer deck was doing, but it's not like you're you're not it's not like this like a Gitrog Dakmore or or you know food chain prosh kind of deal. Uh and then we kind of went through a trend where more commanders were getting printed that had combos with them. And then 
the point where uh because those combos were just stronger than uh like the generic baby or whatever like yeah yeah and then we got to a point where you know the generic win cons are just far and away and the generic commanders are anything else better than a lot of the yeah yeah combo commanders so it's hard to really pinpoint and say, you know, because I personally like the commander reliant win cons because I think that adds a lot of variety to it instead of just, you know, uh, well, you can't play Tasker because Thrasius and Timna just does everything Tasker wants to do, but better. Right. I, I, I like when the combo actually has something to do with your commander, but you can't even say that that's like part of the identity of the format. Because um, looking back at the origins, that's just wasn't true so i i don't know I'm, I'm honestly conflicted trying to think you know whether or not banning the best um combos generic combos in the format and maybe you know if you got rid of like the best generic commander or something if that actually brings it to uh to what more in line of like the core identity of cdh it's kind of hard to pin down i don't think it's i don't think it's just generic commanders honestly at this point i think it's also uh generic answers i think like i think things like silence oddman's veil maybe in a lesser extent kind of dovin's veto or cards where i'm like it kind of goes against the philosophy of the format in my mind really i think i, I kind of view force of will you know we were talking about ad nauseum i think force of will is definitely something that's you know much like it's a staple of legacy a, a I certainly feel like it's a, a staple of CDH and there's kind of been a through line like just efficient counterspells and efficient interaction I mean like those yeah, are like banning I think, force of will in CDH would feel wrong yeah I'm very happy with for, like force of will staying I think it force of will has is one of those cards that like soaring that really kind of has to stay but force of will is um is a traditional one for one like it is just it is a counterspell where in my, where cards like silence and Auden's Veil function, you know, to protect your own combo, but really, like, don't have the drawback that kind of a one-for-one one has. I think they're also, like, they're unfortunate in that, um, particularly Silence, in that, like, even if your combo can theoretically be stopped by non-blue stuff, uh, Silence, like, shuts that out extremely effectively, where, like... I don't know, you're playing food chain and like the the Abzan deck's like, well I've got this abrupt decay, so like good luck, buddy. And it's like, oh well I'll cast silence or I'll cast Veil of Summer and guess what? There's not really anything you can do about it. I like I yeah, I think that I get what you mean that they sort of scale better. Um I maybe not so much Dovin's veto, because that is still just like a one for one yeah, answer. I I, let's leave that out. I don't think but, that was yeah, like as silence much as and veil summer scale extremely effectively in multiplayer. Um, I don't know. Like silence is a hard one for me to want to take out just because it is white and like people. Yeah, it helps the white, decks. But, but yeah, veil of summer. Yeah, is a stupid card that should never have been printed. Um, I'd certainly no. I I would get rid of I'd get rid of silence as well. I I think the Matt's point about. Um, like if you have a if if there's you know here saying playing food chain and then the other players all have a nature's claim right you would need three counter spells to answer each nature's claim whereas and because if the decks aren't in blue right it, whereas one silence just preempts it all for 
yeah. for just exactly. it's essentially free. Um, yeah. And also, I'll just bring up Matt. You you kind of snuck in that uh, Soul Ring is right along there with Force of Will in terms of the core my identity yeah, of the yeah. format. I I yeah. yeah I I I think that it's it's obviously been there since the beginning. But to me, I think just the, like so as Demonic Tutor. I think Demonic Tutor is probably more of a core identity piece than um, Soul Ring, where getting having access to all the cards in your deck and tutors are like a really fundamental piece of cdh whereas i think the fast mana is kind of just like gravy on top of everything is it bad that i think that that's like the the strangest or the hottest take we've had on this podcast so far <laughs> that demonic tutor is 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 more soul ring format defining than soul ring yeah for cdh for cdh yeah, yeah okay okay yeah that's a hot one for sure oh no Yeah, I don't know if that's as hot as a take as the last take, honestly. I kind of agree a bit. I, I don't know who said it, but last episode, like, like this is the format where you get to play all the strongest cards. And I think if you start messing with that, then you're not, like, in, in my mind, in my version of the philosophy, then it's not the same format anymore. Uh, so that goes, I think, really well with Soaring and Forceful, where they've kind of, they've always really been some of the strongest cards in the game and cards that you want to play with because they are strong. Um, I just want to clarify my take in that I think that, like, I, I generally agree, you couldn't, you wouldn't be CDH if, um, like, the, the tutors were gone or, like, our best tutors were gone. Um, it wouldn't be CDH if all mana positive rocks and fast mana were gone, was gone. Um, personally, like, I would certainly keep Chrome Mox, Mox Diamond, uh, Vault, Grim Monolith, all that, I would just get rid of Soul Ring and Mana Crypt, which I don't think I think I think you're still looking pretty CEDH like with everything else remaining with just minus Soul Ring and Mana Crypt. Um, whereas I think things wouldn't look CEDH like if you got rid of Vamp and Demonic Tutor. Just uh yeah, that's a clarification mm -hmm. of my point. I don't know if that changes any of you guys or if that's, that's still the I still agree with that. <laughs> weren't you guys okay i i my memory is i feel like s someone was pro soul ring mana crit ban on our on our ban episode besides me i'm or maybe i no, just remember but like i don't think i could ever agree to a soul ring or mana crit ban in isolation i think reed was pro yeah i think it would i think i was pro but with conditions <laughs> like and like yeah like i i mean from a balance perspective i I certainly, like, I understand, I think that the format would be more balanced with them banned, um, but I, I think it's, I, I, like, and, and possibly they would, like, do more to balance the format than banning Demonic Tutor and Vampiric, in fact, probably, but, um, I think that, like, that's not what makes a card iconic in a format, and, I think Soaring and Mana Crypt are, are like... Okay, I'm not saying they're not iconic. I'm saying well, they're not they quintessential were to less the essence. I, you said less iconic and less essential, which I, I still think is Okay, maybe, is maybe iconic was, was the wrong word, because I think they're just not 
they don't carry the essence of CDH. There's certainly Soul Ring is probably the most iconic card for Commander. Like I, I don't think that's. I really mean, up and I think bait. arguably Mana Crypt is the most iconic card for CDH, like specifically because it's so obviously analogous yeah, sure. to Soul Ring, and it's stupidly like, expensive, which levels. means <laughs> people don't like that. That's really the essence of CDH right there. Exactly, it's like just throwing <laughs> just dollar bills expensive. across the yeah. table. It's it's like no. Commander, but more I win. More My expensive. wallet is way heavier. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. They're probably they're, they're they're extremely iconic. I just don't think that they. If you get rid of them, I don't think the essence of CDH goes away. But yeah, let's 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 not run circles around this uh, this argument. Um, yeah. So we could we could move anything, back to the anything question. Anything else I guess. in this point or uh, um, cards that are just one interesting thing is that I could see particularly one of the things people often cite about commanders they get to play the cards that they don't get to play anywhere else, um, and that's one reason I could see for banning. Thassa's Oracle rather than Tainted Pact or Demonic Consultation. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, hmm. I think under that logic, I think like Tainted Pact and Demonic Consultation, although like setting aside all power level issues, like they're definitely like they carry some of like the CDH identity with them. Just being like well, yeah, these like, super uh, powerful uh, tutors that are banned in every other format, but because you're playing well, in Singleton, I mean, like yeah, Tainted Pact's not banned it's, <laughs> it's sorry it's soft banned except for the <laughs> legacy tainted pack control deck which is sick but is in no way competitive <laughs> it's a lot of work to uh to enable it <laughs> uh okay um and then morgan there was one more point under this what yeah so kind of, like what defines cdh yeah so like one of the things i was thinking of is like you know cdh i mean it's been described the games all end on turn three. It's a turn three format, whatever. There's, like, a very... I think decks can start targeting winning turn three. Um, I think that very few decks actually accomplish it consistently, and I think a lot of, like, people think decks are faster than they actually are, if you count sort of quasi-honestly. Um, but there are decks that can... I'll say frequently, or th there are decks that can threaten turn three wins enough that you have to respect them. Like you, when you sit down at a table, you're like, okay, th this person, I have to be prepared for the possibility that they might be going for a win as early as turn three. So I don't know that pushing that to turn four really like completely shakes the format in my mind. Maybe it does just because of like, I think that, it's not what you have to do to accomplish so that. So I think I think the the reason I might say it is is not actually because of the difference between three and four. It's the difference. It's because of the difference between two and three, and turn order. Like sure. it's because of the fact that like if you're going last, that means you might have to be holding up the mana on your turn two, which is massive. Like t holding up mana on turn three is not actually that big of a deal i think compared to holding it up on yeah. turn two um so conceivably that like could change it a little bit but i think for example if like there were no decks that were frequently winning before turn five in my mind that's not cedh anymore see to me i think it boils down to what you would have to do to accomplish those things right like in order for 
in order to envision a format where decks can't win before turn five via a goldfish, like what what would you have to do to the Gitrog deck to stop that from from being a thing? You would have to absolutely eviscerate uh, like the dork package, right? Like you'd probably have to get rid of all dorks. Um, and then and well, you know Gitrog I, might even be a bad example compared to something else, right? Like because obviously I think under that assumption you're you're just getting rid of like food chain, Thassa's Oracle, like all these generically good win cons because those can goldfish very quick wins. Well, sorry, I'm not saying right? like decks should be incapable of winning before turn, like l- let's use turn five as this example. I'm not saying like what that means is that no deck can ever win before turn five, but like I currently like food chain can win turn two, food chain can win turn one. It's not targeting either of those things and i don't think there's any deck that can realistically claim to be targeting a turn two win currently um okay but i think that there are decks that can claim to be targeting turn three wins i think food chain is one of the biggest ones but some of the turbo nas ones and potentially hermit druid as well um you could say this deck is it's aiming for turn three it doesn't always get there it's not 100 consistent but like I think the Gitrog combo is typically it's like a turn. It's a turn four combo. Like you're, 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 you have capabilities of going off sooner. You're targeting. You're um, targeting, you're like targeting you turn stuff. I think it would be hard to target turn four if you banned, say, Soaring Crypt Vault. And demonic tutor and vampiric tutor. I think that would make it a lot harder for Gitrog to target turn four. I honestly don't think the mana is the biggest impact there. I think because a lot of the dorks, um, like the, it's still pretty. It's not too difficult to cast a turn three, uh, Gitrog even with the soul ring and mana crypt. Sure, but I think with some of the mana and... T- well... Uh, yeah, I guess there's, like, maybe turn five is, like, too extreme. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Is there anything else that, like, you know, for example, if it was, like, if there were no, you know, like, combos that met certain requirements, like, let's say, if there were no combos that were less than five mana that were two cards and didn't require a board presence. Like, oh, that's a good one. If everyone just gets to pick the, you know, best generic value engine commanders with the best generic uh win con yeah that's actually that's a I really think it good really one. does need to maintain it yeah this one's kind of more along the lines of a hot take i guess 
but I think if and it's this is a reality but if there are any competitive bans made for the format then it ceases to be the format wait what but Flash, like, what, just because like yeah, so Flash was a tough one. By definition, exists in spite of the RC. So as soon as they start catering to it, it just stops being CDH. Then it stops, <laughs> it stops being, being yeah, fun in a sense, sense, yeah. Contrary. Okay, I don't subscribe to that take. I'm me neither. Yeah, that's that's like a five, four, four, four pepper take, four pepper take for sure, in my opinion. Because <laughs> I, th- I think the, I think the idea of like CDH exists. The, the, a lot of things we we're saying is that this is, is the whole like against splitting the format is that CDH exists in any subset of EDH rules, right? Like, you know, whether or not you're you're trying to split the format and have competitive bands or keep the ban list as is, CDH is just playing that given set of rules and ban list at the you know most powerful it can be and breaking it in in the the ways it can. So, like, I don't know. Even if you change the ban list, it's still CDH, and as far as I can tell, I mean, you could ban. Wait, Matt. Um, or sorry, not Matt. Lyndon. It was your. If there's no commander reliant decks, um, what if the only commander reliant deck was um, were ones where the commander was an outlet? Like either infinite mana Thrasios or like food chain whatever commander. Like is that I still wouldn't count that. I get I get where you're coming from for sure. Like yeah, I I would I would add that as a caveat. So like if there aren't decks that can't win or like that really struggle like to win without their way, yeah. commander in play that or whose primary win strategy requires the commander in play it stops being cdh yeah i I think so like it doesn't have to be all the decks in the format or the majority but that that needs those need to exist yeah i like that and while we're on the subject of commanders and their defining role (laughs) in what makes it cdh all right Let's talk about some okay, cards. So okay, so okay. okay. So for, for as an overview, I'm not letting I'm not okay, letting anybody so. else do this. Like Matt could if he wanted to, but I don't think Matt wants to do this. <laughs> um, I'm basically I'm not letting Lyndon or Morgan get into this. So I'm like yet they're going to in a second, but I'll describe the situation and then we can get into this discussion. <laughs> there were cards that we had in like just left off completely of the would you ban these cards discussion um, because there was too much discussion and too much controversy within the, the group about these and it's less about them being bannable on a power level reason and more about people's subjective views of the format so these cards are basically just stuff that fucks with commanders in any way um yeah what are your views <laughs> go for it okay so yeah. let's let's give the overview of the cards first and by group i'm gonna we're gonna i'm gonna list some cards okay so there's, so there's two categories there's divine intervention and then there's the other cards um and and those are going to be separate discussions and the other cards they're not all on the same tier and we'll get into them they're they're no, but discussed they're, they're for the same similar category reasons the same category, but I just don't want to give the impression that I think that... Okay, I'll just list the cards. Dranith, Gildedrick, and Oko. Um, 
and I don't want to give the impression that, you know, I think Oko is the same, you know, band worthy completely as, as Draneth or Gilded Drake or, you know, these aren't all equal. Um, yeah, I think trying to abstract them together is where we get into the into, into trouble where we're just arguing semantics. So uh, addressing them individually, I think, is a lot. It's we'll it's more productive, a better discussion. I think, rather than trying to be like, would yeah, you ban so, this entire category of things? And then what is inside of that this, category? The, the reason why I would ban these cards um, from a category perspective is not purely from power level. Well, okay, I mean, okay. We d- yeah. discussed some of these cards. We know we discussed some of these cards in terms of power level on the previous episode. Um, like Draneth came up. I think Gildred came up. But I would also ban these for a philosophical reason, which is I think uh, Draneth and Gilded Drake, if you abstract away their power level, what they do and the impact they have on the format and pushes it, it really pushes it away from the essence of commander, which involves having a commander. Um, so just, just, and you know, are arguably it's, it's not just about having a commander because it, it's about having varied commanders and not just generic. So value to put it in commanders. other words, like anything that does like, any card that is like analogous to Caracas, you just like would like banned from a phil from like a philosophy perspective, philosophical perspective on the format. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think in, in a, this particular case, like with Draneth, um, it's it's in the same category as Caracas, Caracas for philosophy, but I think for power level, <laughs> yes. it's like a lot stronger. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's one of the no brainers. In fact, I, I mean, I'd say like with all these cards, like I don't actually. If I just said their name, it, they kind of explain themselves. But it, it's, I think it's funny that we all have different takes here. Um, ultimately, actually, yeah, is I, anyone against? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. No, I think we were all pro yeah. Draneth yeah. fan the last episode. The, but it's it's yeah. about well, the reasoning. It's not about yeah. the reasoning for Draneth. Like, well, okay, I think everybody agrees that Draneth should be banned for power level reasons, honestly, and and just yes. for play reasons, just like. <laughs> Wait no, but that's the question. Is I don't think we're no, all no, in agreement. But I'm on saying that, right? I'm not. I'm not saying like it meta. Oh, this is bad for the health of the game. I'm saying it just sucks to play against Draneth in inside of a game. Like the play patterns around Draneth suck, <laughs> which is also a reason why it should be banned. But, but yeah, I think CDH is 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 kind of unique in that you know the meta adapts right. Like if if Iona was for whatever reason a big part of the the game plan of what everyone's trying to do and everyone's trying to reanimate Iona's people would shift away from monocolored decks and, and make themselves resilient. Right. And the meta can adapt to Draneth, right? Like people can adapt to Draneth. The problem is, is that adapting to Draneth, I think pushes the meta into a direction that starts to lose the essence well, of what sure, it means to even be sure, playing commander. I'm, well, I'm not playing no, Anala. Okay. I, I, I'm just, I think, I'm not letting myself play Anala. Like I'm not saying that, like there, there's an element of that. Here, yeah, you you give your take because this okay, is we're carrying a lot of stuff from yeah. our pre our unrecorded conversation. <laughs> yeah, so so Morgan, so, like, you put your thoughts. I, out there. for me, the the problem is that like the meta can adapt to Draneth Magistrate, but there's a huge number of strategies that simply can't, um, and that's where I see the problem. I don't think that it's like inherently an issue to attack along the axis of commanders like i don't i which is why like i wouldn't even really consider discussing or like i wouldn't like drana and gildrake are both obscenely powerful cards um the third card on this list which i'm going to say now 
I know we didn't want to discuss this as unit. Oko is a... No, we, we, we oh, brought wait, up Oko. Okay, so, yeah. Oko yeah. is like not a card I would ever consider banning because I think that like every it every deck can deal with it and it's not like particularly punishing to deal with it the way Draneth can be where like, oh, if I kill this Draneth, I'm unlocking everyone else. Um, and every color has access to tools that let you get your commander back if it's been elked and ways to get Oko off the board. Um, and so I, like, I fundamentally don't consider it a problem, uh, because it attacks people's commanders. I think that that is, like, attacking along an axis that people rely on is a part of every format, and even if that unique axis is the selling point of this format, I still think it's important that there be viable strategies to attack along that axis. So one thing that I think was clear from our, our discussion that we had um, off the show was that all of these cards fall on like a continuum and there's a bunch of cards on here uh, that, that, we, that aren't listed that are also on the continuum that we're all more or less fine with. And what really becomes difficult is pinning down the necessary and sufficient conditions that make a card worthy of a philosophical ban um, or a ban from a philosophical perspective if it falls on this continuum and like where, like how to, how to put a, a marker and say everything past this needs to be banned that, that coming up with the necessary and sufficient conditions is very, very difficult. So some other cards uh, and Morgan alluded to this earlier, which was nevermore, right? We, we were talking about is, is it wrong that, you know, you can nevermore someone's commander? Cause that acts as if a Draneth is in play and arguably, um, you know, a, a enchantment is harder to remove than Draneth, right? Like than a creature. And I think we all kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, we're more or less fine with Nevermore being allowed to name commanders. Uh, but it's, and, and at least my perspective was that it's fine because it's only um, targeting a single well, player's and it's also commander. also incredibly easy to get rid of. Like, once you get rid of a Nevermore you can then cast your commander and it doesn't affect a commander that's already in play for the most part. But I mean, Dranith is the same way. And I think because what I was using as an analogy for Nevermore was someone who just had like some buyback counterspell or something, right? Like they have forbid and they just, or they're just devoting all of their counters to stopping one player's ever commander from ever resolving. Like that, that happens in some commander games because maybe someone has a really threatening commander and that is not something I think is necessarily wrong. Or like if someone has a, a threatening commander and de devoting a lot of removal to it every time, like you can't just let Krenko sit around forever in, in like a mid power pod or something or casual. Like you, you, you do have to answer it. And you know, the, I think the Krenko player shouldn't be upset that someone is removing their Krenko and not letting them, you know, make 200,000 goblins. So, so what I'm saying yeah. though, is like, it's also about that more like, um, like nevermore is sort of the same thing as like the the arguments for like why we shouldn't ban nevermore or why like we all agree with not banning nevermore or like the same arguments could sort of be applied to gilded drake where gilded drake only targets one person and you're really like looking at one commander with it but it's toxic in the way that you can't get your commander back like after it's resolved even if you remove the gilded drake afterward like you have to remove your own commander and then recast her from the command zone so it's 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 the combination yeah, think... of 
it's like it doesn't do anything if you already have a commander in play plus it's very easily removable plus it only hits a like you only name a specific okay, commander. So, so what if they printed grasp of nevermore and it read for each opponent name a card each opponent can't cast spells with the same name as the card you named for that well, obviously that's not how they template it but you name a card for each yeah. opponent and they can't cast them would you yeah i'm not comfortable allowing that card yeah not not a fan no no yeah, like it's just it just seems that that's a that's a power right? plus just, philosophy. Bad so, yeah, first mind. of all, like you, you know, on a power level, it's like better than Dranith in some ways. Um, <laughs> it's hard I mean, to have this it? conversation and try and like, extract away from like power. the thing is, if you name like like the thing is, like Dranith Magistrate's own, it, it's not its only strength that it. No, no, stops I get that. I you right? know I got that, but it's like. It's like, okay, so for you, you're playing a Nala, so instead of naming that, I'm going to name Spellseeker, so you can never cast your Spellseeker. For you, you're playing Gitrog, I'm just going to name Gitrog. For you, you're playing... Okay, what if, no, what if you, what if you named it, what if you amend it? Um, so one, it's Grasp of Nevermore, it's going to cost three mana, and it's, you can't cast cards that aren't, or like, like it's got the same templating as Draineth, like you can't cast a card from outside of your hand if it has the same name as a card you just named. Hmm? Like, like, so you if you name a card like Spellseeker and you cast Spellseeker from your hand, it, it the Nevermore doesn't stop it. It's only if you would cast it from outside of your hand. So like, it it is just targeted for commanders, right? At that point, I mean, so like, like okay, I'm I trying like, to like, mean, like, be less besides, powerful. I'm not convinced that yeah. like, a, I, I don't know that I would philosophy ban one white white. Your opponents can't cast spells from their command zone. Yeah, okay. that, that's yeah. That's a much better, <laughs> better much better reading. That works out. It also doesn't. I mean, well, it doesn't have the side effect of Janus, yeah. but that's that's irrelevant. Yeah. So I I would, I would. Um, and I guess it's it's hard to. It's just identifying the the key philosophical differences in the way we view the format well, so and I, what I think I think just like the for format. us on a like for everybody that's not Linden here. I'm I'm not gonna definitively speak for everybody, but I feel like for us, bands always have to carry some form of like power level weight with them, or like obvious like logistical weight. Um and like it's it's less about like the pure philosophy of the format that a band has to stand on and more about like a hybrid between yeah, this card's really way too good and it's too miserable to play against and it also goes against the philosophy of the format and like discourages play patterns that like we want to encourage so i guess i like i think i might actually be farther from you and matt than linden is because i like i'm giving very little weight to the fact that it attacks yeah, like sure. to attacking commanders being a philosophical problem in i'm the just format. saying we're like we we all at least uh, a moderate amount take power level into account when considering bands, as opposed to like what well, Linden is compo- is proposing, which is like more of a straight philosophy ban on a lot of stuff. Let's just—I I don't necessarily agree, and specifically for Dranath, I think the philosophy aspect of Dranath is enough for me to ban it. But I, I come from a perspective where like. You could choose either side, and that let's would ban just it. <laughs> the thing is, is that I also do. I do also 
consider power level. That's what I was referencing earlier with the continuum. Right? Yeah, like, sure. I just I'm yeah. if 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 Draneth if if Draneth or that Nevermore card cost you know six mana, like I'd be fine with that. The issue, the core issue I have, and I think I kind of when when Morgan was talking about Oko, and I've kind of um, you know I've, ch- I've changed my mind on on Oko, and 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 part of it has to do with you have the ability to reasonably get your commander out before then right like there's there is no well you know draneth came down and and everything you know my entire game plan and i'm keeping hands based off the fact that i have access to my commander and my deck is built around having access to my commander and the fact that it comes down on turn two is just um it it, it's i i think that's that's too soon um again if it's six mana and and you have the opportunity to to do something then um that's a bit different right you you have time to set up and uh do some stuff whereas like oko right you you do uh, this is why i've come around on oko is that you you do have an opportunity like if i play my commander into an onboard oko like i could be holding up um uh, protective spells. I can still do stuff. I can play my commander and do some stuff that time. with that deflective right? swan. Oh my god. Right? Like, there's, there's things that... <laughs> it, there is counterplay, and removing Oko... Um, the, the, certain, certainly the problem with Oko is that removing it is a hassle. And once once something well, has been else, <laughs> it is very... It just continuously to, to get rid stays of. annoying as long as it stays on board, too. Like, it never gets less annoying when you leave it in play. Yeah, but there you do have an opportunity to do stuff, and you do have an opportunity to make decisions about whether or not that's the appropriate time to go for your commander. Um, you can do some waiting. Whereas Draneth, it's there is no waiting, there is no decision making. It's just, do I have an out to remove Draneth so I can get access to my commander? That's not true. Well, like, I don't think it's true that if you can remove Draneth and cast your commander, you do that. Like you, that's necessarily yeah, the way yeah. the card. No, but I'm not, I'm not aspect. Okay, that, that's not what I'm saying. The card, that's that's not how I'm saying the card plays out. I, I'm saying like if if I want to do anything with my commander, Draneth being gone is the very first thing that like it. That's a must. That's a necessity because I just don't have access to it. Whereas yeah, you, Oko, you have, you like, have ex- I at least have the option to play my commander if I wanted to. So right. what we're saying is it might not be the the correct They should rework commanders so they work like companions where there's an ability that puts them into your hand and that's where the commander tax comes in and then you can cast them Dude, if only we could <laughs> Dude, you, the the sounds from there was me like legitimately considering <laughs> that. I was like the, you, you pay 0 to put the exactly. commander into your hand and then you cast it from your hand. And then you pay 2. I mean, that literally just circumvents only Draineth, but I, I'm... I mean, no, it also makes, like, cards that historically haven't worked in Commander work in Commander. Uh, you like, can play Phage uh, as your Commander. Corlash and Phage, Phage and... Is that just... Okay. Well, is there, there's going to be some way this breaks, the right? Like, how is it broken? Uh, Joyride? Yeah, if. <laughs> oh, if. Okay, okay, okay. No, is there... Is there, there, is there, there has to be some way this is broken, right? <laughs> Guys, did I fix it? <laughs> Morgan fixed it. <laughs> I will break this rule. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, that fixes it exactly for Draneth, but I think similar issues still persist with Gildrake. The main issue I have with, with Gildrake, a lot of it is a power level reason. And 
again, this is where Reed, I was, I was saying, you know, you're like, oh, Lyndon, you're just banning it from a purely philosophical. Like, no, there, well, there I, is. I'm saying no, there no, is I'm, a, I'm a saying, point where I'm trying to say that a card is I'm too good. We're looking, but the the primary motivator is it's too good at okay. stopping the. I'm commanders. just saying that, like, I think your reasonings have a bit more of a philosophical weight to them. Yeah, rather, yeah, it's not rather that it's just like too game good balance of a card. And power. It's that it's too good at yeah. doing the thing that I think is philosophically um, more or less unacceptable. So, like, Gilded Drake, I think one of the biggest problems is obviously that everyone in this format, everyone is running a commander that is very powerful. Right? Like, their idea is that they've built their deck, and this scales all the way down to mid-power. Absolutely and, Nala. You know, I... I <laughs> oh my god <laughs> eminence bro eminence that's a whole nother can of worms but um everyone is is building their decks around this very strong effect that they always have access to and gilda drake is just so free in terms of like in in, in 1v1 right there's no guarantee like if you put gilda drake in your deck there's a cost that your opponent might not be running a uh you know, might not be running creatures. I might not be running creatures that are better than a 3-3 flyer, right? But in Commander, everybody is running a card. Like, you're, you've got three people, three opponents who... who you can, So, like, I mean, if someone's running a Planeswalker deck, uh, a Planeswalker Commander, and, and there's no, um, like, no creatures. Okay. What are the odds that you run into three of those? What are the odds that you run into that and a token deck where none of the cards are um, valuable? It It's... It's just almost zero, and it's almost always going to be uh, better to your by sending your opponent back by by uh, disrupting their game plan by taking their commander um, in exchange for a three three. It's just it's so free and disruptive that it it just I I, I can't I can't accept it. Like homeward yeah. path, the fact that you would have to put in homeward path for Gilded Drake alone is is frankly upsetting. Or a strong creature removal, like abrupt decay. I mean, like I guess, like sure, homeward path is a lot more proactive. Well, it's a better, uh, it's a better reactive answer I, as well. I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point too. It's, it's I guess, yeah, I guess homeward path yeah, is kind of the I greatest example. I think the big issue with Gilded Drake is mostly just that there's no easy thing to do after the fact. Like after you've been draked, it's just like, okay, well, what are my options here? It's I I put a yeah. homeward path deck in my deck. And a homeward path, path is not an easy decision. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even think it's it, it ends at commanders. Even if you're like on a particularly like value based commander, well, it really doesn't matter in the end. Like, just not being able to play stronger, higher CMC, or like just I guess in strict power level sense, like if you're like just not even be able to play like the creatures that have just the better payoffs that generally speaking come down later in the game because you're afraid that if your opponent has it then they'll just be at way too high too much of an advantage i think is already a problem yeah so there there is like i'm, I'm trying to come up with like the, the holes and things that i've said already so oko and gilda drake are in many ways similar and the argument i said that would would make me not you know necessarily want to ban oko right away is that you do get an opportunity to um to play around Oko a bit. Like, you, you can play your commander, and there's some play on whether or not, oh, am I going to play my commander into the Oko, or am I going to wait until I sandbag something to the... I can, like, go off and take advantage of my commander's abilities. Like, that does exist. And, 
I think Gildedric is just a bit too rewarding for, I guess, the opponent for such little cost. Um, so, so it does kind of, it is just a power level thing on the same scale that makes me not want it um, around. I mean, I wouldn't be sad if Oko was gone either for the philosophical reason. Like, it's unlike other cards on the ban list where I am uh, kind of annoyed that they're on there for, because I don't think they're that powerful. I also don't think, you know, something like a coalition victory or whatever are like against the philosophy in the format. I'm, I'm fine with things like Iona, um, even though I don't think it's powerful enough to be banned. I, I, I get it. Um, like Oko would be in a similar thing, a similar case for Iona for me, where I think that that card is not particularly, I don't think it adds anything. And I think it, it, you know, the times when it is oppressive and unfun are, uh, it would make it worth it. But again, I don't think from a core power level perspective, um, it necessarily needs to be banned. And it does, there's enough counterplay. Whereas the Gilded Drake, I, I just, yeah, no. <laughs> um, anything anyone else wants to add or take apart my points? No, I think I think, I think we've all no, sufficiently stated yeah. our viewpoints on the matter. Okay, so I guess let's put like a uh, like a final bow on this mini topic, um, and and that's I guess is there any card that like do you think banning for a philosophical reason is uh, is justifiable? Um, where do you draw the line? And uh, yeah, you know, give a justification if if necessary. I'm doing this. Uh, there's one card um, that I think is justifiable to ban. Oh for my philosophical god, we're reason. not doing this now. Come on, we're gonna. Okay, Morgan, we're two and a half we, hours before into we this jump episode. We already no read. read. Lyndon asked. Uh, Lyndon asked a question uh, that we have to all answer. Because I mean, <laughs> yeah, Morgan, I I want to get into this discussion for sure. Um. Because we're going to be talking about divine intervention, but this also is like another can of worms, and I kind of want to put a, a, a bow on the Draenith, Gilded Drake, Oko, Commander Reliance um, mini topic before moving on to divine intervention. Okay. If that's okay. Part four, divine intervention. Right. Yeah. So I think um, in my mind the answer is no. There's no card I would ban on a philosophical grounds because it's too strong against commanders. Um, like the power component is not just you know, relevant to me, it's critical. Like maybe there's sort of a 10% boost for like a, a very strong card that hates on commanders. Like maybe I might sort of promote it over an equivalently strong card, but the card would already have to be like very, very strong for me to, to consider it. So just, just to get a, a bit of a, a bit of a further explanation on that. So Caracas, how is that, purely power level and not is it just because the commanders themselves provide power to decks in the format and that that's too powerful for negating that like i i guess there's some aspect of it that's yeah commanders well, no, it, and access to commanders is inextricably inextricably linked to power level and like uh, yeah yeah like well, one in eight it's, it's, of your opponent's starting cards is a legend that can be balanced with caracas and i think that is from a power level sense um, already, yeah, and and it's enough. a land like 
its floors, it's a planes, right? Like this is it's it's an incredibly low cost. You don't have to commit and like it's in a format where it's incredibly effective against a lot of the things that people are trying to do. And when it's even when it's not effective, it's still like not a terrible card. Whereas like the more mana something costs, the bigger an ask it is to attack along that axis. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. Like I said, with the whole like five or six mana Draneth example, how that's fine, or Iona, obviously that that, that kind of thing is fine. Whereas I, I think it's it you're probably right that it is just a what's the cost to it to you, right? Like it's a card, uh, and you know, Caracas isn't even really a card. Yeah. Right? Like it doesn't cost you a card. Um, like Draneth for two mana you think is too strong. So I think in many ways um, our our perspectives are aligned. Like our, our individual philosophies are aligned, but we kind of view our fundamental reasonings. It's hard to, it's hard to say that there's a perfect delineation between our, our beliefs because they result in a lot of the same kind of calls. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of yeah. I mean, interesting. I feel like we all have generally the, the whole same power views on the end result for a lot of these cards. But I don't know. The road. The road. I think it's. I think it's high. more just that I'm like I'm much farther. Like I drop my agreement with banning the cards under discussion here drops off much more like tracking much more closely with their power level than yours does. Actually, I think the best rule of thumb to describe where I would um, draw the line is if people start considering changing their um, commanders or like like more expensive commanders stop um, being run because of the presence of that card. Right. So obviously there's a there's kind of a correlation between the expensiveness of the commander and, and unlikeliness to, to run it because of just, you know, it costs a lot and you're, you're not going to be able to have access to that as often. So trying to remove that aspect, right? So my, my five or six mana commander that has a powerful effect, if I'm disincentivized to run that because of um, the prevalence of a particular card in the meta, then I think that card should be banned for the reason that it shapes those decisions. Um, and the fact that the, the thing that would dictate the prevalence is that power level aspect that you were talking about, which is like the cost to running that in a deck. So I guess that's kind of where they they cross over, is that um, Draneth sees play because it's too CMC and cheap, uh, and therefore, you know, if you're running the colors, you should run it because it's always going to be good because everyone runs commanders. So, you know, I'm disincentivized to run my um, my Godo deck or Gitrog deck or Urza deck, etc. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I think, uh, I can make a ban on either axis, uh, as long as it kind of meets that threshold where I'm not particularly comfortable with how much it is offends a, that particular axis. So, like, in the Draneth case, I think I could approach it from either discussion and ultimately result in, uh, thinking that it should be banned. And I don't necessarily prioritize either axis when it's, like, or either dimension, I guess, where 
it's like as long as it meets the individual threshold, then it then it's a no go. Some kind of a dead compromise. <laughs> yeah. Um, Read. I'm. I would mostly place myself on a higher level scale for a lot of cards on uh, banning. I just like the core belief for me is that uh, commander reliant decks should be a large percent of the meta, like should be at least 50% or greater. 50, 50% of the the meta or greater. So the, the rest of my beliefs on like the general health of the game trickle down from there, which is like probably what taints my decision in this kind of stuff a bit, but I think it's still mostly power level for me. Yeah, I, I like I like what you said because if if you can just give every Highlander um, Canadian Highlander player a Thrasius and Timna in this command zone and like give them no other option, and then if that looks a lot like what the CDH meta looks like or the general EDH meta, then I think there's a problem. I, I think that yeah, I, I'm a big fan of having the commander and commander reliance strategies uh, present, and fifty percent is probably like a reasonable threshold but definitely up for negotiation um but yeah let's get into uh the next hotly contested card hi everyone morgan here so uh after going through an almost half hour discussion uh and looking back we decided that if we kept this section in the podcast would be way too long and uh that the discussion wasn't necessarily related enough to CEDH to keep it in the main podcast. So we're going to publish that discussion separately and we'll make sure to link to that. So if you are interested, you can go check that out. But uh, we cut that section from the main episode. So uh, we're just going to skip straight to the end. And thanks to everyone who stuck with us. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at IntoNorthPod, via our email, IntoNorthPodcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. Extra special thanks to all our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a Patreon, we are at patreon.com slash intonorthpodcast. Uh, another way you can support us is via our TCG Player affiliate link. Uh, anytime you wish to purchase something from TCG Player, if you use our affiliate link, uh, which is in the podcast description or YouTube description, uh, a portion of your purchase goes towards supporting the podcast. Thank you as always to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our long-suffering podcast editor, Roadkill. Uh, next time we'll be back with gut check and listener questions we promise uh, we, we just have to cut them out for uh, time reasons obviously um, yeah next episode will be out in two weeks until then see ya bye have a good peace, peace.